Howard Stern. Serious XM. Uh, I was just reading that um, the the original voice of Darth Vader, which is of course um, James Earl Jones, great actor James Earl Jones, the original voice of Darth Vader is now being replaced with artificial intelligence. In other words, this what he voice. did, Howard, was make a deal with them that he, they could use his voice in perpetuity and use every recording they have to right. build out his dialogue for the rest of Star Wars forever. Yeah, I guess, you know, James Earl Jones has that famous voice. You Don't know, you know. be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force. And then... <laughs> When in Rogue One, he was still doing the voice, and it sounded a little, uh, you know, a little off. You seem unsettled. A city destroyed. An imperial facility openly attacked. There is no Death Star. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't it as sounded ominous. like Darth Vader got old. And yeah. couldn't really <laughs> he lost his do timber. the fighting anymore. <laughs> and I never was called to be... Hello, this is Darth Vader. It's uh, really me, Howard Stern, but uh, I could do it. Yes. Luke, you must resist the Force and come to the dark side. <laughs> Fuck you, Luke, and your sister. I will get you think of my read huh come on <laughs> what about it i could go right into deep voice i'm darth vader yes see howard stern in darth vader versus hitler versus bigfoot hitler you are a bad man but i am worse and i will defeat you who's the who's hero, the hero here, here? <laughs> Who's that? What? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Bigfoot comes what in happened? and fights Hitler and Darth oh, Vader. Is that right? I didn't know if Bigfoot was a good guy or a bad guy. Let me see. I'll give you a bit. Of, I'll give you a clip from the movie. Bigfoot, I challenge you to a lightsaber fight. <laughs> Bigfoot, I dare you to come forward. Bigfoot, Chris, come forward. The fuck is wrong with you? Where is he? Is he? Yeah. I, how come you guys are on my deep voice? I don't it's know. What are you it. doing over there? I don't know. You guys aren't supposed to be heard on deep voice. I'm, hold it. Let me see. You're in charge. You're in charge. You're not so See? I'm not in charge. of. I mean, I, I can just control the little button of the engineers. Deep voice. Oh. We all do deep voice. That's the problem. Oh. Is that the problem? Oh, yeah. fuck this then. Oh. <laughs> we can't do the movie. Then I was gonna do. I was gonna do Bigfoot versus Hitler and. Uh, yeah, forget it. I know. Yeah, shit. Yeah, can't do the bit. The whole thing that you were going to go. Into. I spent months writing this, and now I can't <laughs> perform it because of. Is. What is that, Bigfoot? I'm gonna take my cock, eight inches it is, and it's like wacky and fucking head, asshole. <laughs> Bigfoot Eat my ass Say what? 
have shit in your fur. I'm gonna take my fucking helmet in yours and take a shit in it, you fucking asshole. And the shit in your face it is. <laughs> Do you, you know, Bigfoot you know, would really just want to take uh, Darth Vader and bend him over and have sex. Yeah, but fuck you like the mailman up in Newbury, Vermont. <laughs> fuck you. And I'm gonna take what, kind of, what kind of man are you to fuck your mailman? And now you are trying to fuck me in the ass, Darth Vader. Wolfie, can you help me out here? Vader's being a fucking asshole. I don't know. I just want to fuck you, okay? I will, never, I will never fuck you because there are spiders crawling out of your asshole. Yup, I got spiders in my ass. I got worms crawling out of my fucking ear. I got scabies. You want to get scabies, you fucking asshole? <laughs> This is a good movie. He's got all uh, kinds of weapons. Scabies, yeah. spiders. Uh, you got the force. I got scabies. They're coming around my, my, my fingers. I touch you. You're going to get the fucking scabies, you will. If I get a hold of you, I will make you eat your own dick. My, my dick's eight inches. I would. I, that would be very bad for me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take an Ewok and fucking put it on my cock like a cock warmer. You won't be able to get my penis, you motherfucker. <laughs> Bigfoot, come to the dark side. I have much power and money. I don't need to accept money for sex like you do. Right, yeah, you got money. Right. You got money. I'll come over, Dark Side. I will and li <laughs> fucking lick your ass. I don't care. Just give me some money. <laughs> lick your vagina. <laughs> Thank you, Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Bigfoot versus Darth Vader. Good movie. Hitler's nice. sitting back watching this. Where? What happened to Hitler? <laughs> mm, I got no one to play Hitler. Anybody do Hitler? <laughs> nah. That would be something if Hitler jumped in, but of course nobody did. Uh, we don't have we don't have Hitler anymore, but we have now a new guy who I had never heard of, but now Trump made him famous, Nick uh, Fuentes. And I'm yes. like, wait a second, I'm watching this thing, and it says uh, Trump met with a white supremacist named Nick Fuentes. I go, since when does a guy named Fuentes become a white supremacist? Fuentes is like a Hispanic name. How does he get up to be a white supremacist? Fuentes. You, I know, in the old it's days, all very confusing. And people go, well, they're upset that Trump met with Nick Fuentes, the white supremacist. I go, well, wait a second. Back up. What is Kanye West, a black man, doing with Nick? What kind of white supremacist is hanging around with a black guy? And what kind well, of self-hating you know, black man is uh, Kanye West? The the thing that I thought was if if Trump bought Kanye West and Nick Fuentes together, maybe it's a good thing. But it turns <laughs> out that he's claiming he didn't even know either of these guys, <laughs> which is absurd. Because right, if you're the ex president of the United States, they got Secret Service and they know exact. First of all, Trump doesn't meet with anyone he doesn't know. What's he doing? Meet you know he's an amazing and man. He doesn't allow anybody in Mar-a-Lago that he doesn't know. The worst person you could meet with right now is Kanye West. I mean, the guy has got his own share of anti-Semitic shit going on right now. And if you're a politician, you don't want to really have that stink on you. And then this guy, Nick Fuentes, who's a white. What kind? 
What happened to white supremacy when you hang around with a black dude to get you into Mar-a-Lago? How supreme are you if the guy running the thing is Hispanic? <laughs> right. <laughs> the whole thing. It's almost like one of those old Richard Pryor movies, like Silver Streak or something. Where, or, or I don't know. It's very, it's, it's weird. It's the, 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 you can't even follow white supremacy anymore. <laughs> that used to be a straight line. Now yeah, you knew. <laughs> Kanye West is now hanging out with white supremacists. Wow. Really? Okay, that's impressive. Now, wowee. And Trump, like, he's so lame. I don't know who that guy is. You don't know who that guy is? Uh, come on. Why is he man. at you your house? That. This is where yeah. you live. Yeah, I think you pretty much know who he is. Think you know pretty exactly much think you know he. what you're doing. Anyway, my point about Darth Vader, um, there, as you mentioned, Robin, they're, they're now using a artificial intelligence to put together the voice of Darth Vader because obviously James Earl Jones can't do the voice anymore. So here's what the, this is what it now sounds like. The new Darth Vader with artificial intelligence. I don't know. It does sound a little cold, you know. I have yeah. been watching you, third sister. I know what it is you seek. Prove yourself. And the position of Grand Inquisitor is yours. Hmm. Well, now play me a James Earl Jones where he Don't was voicing out of this technological terror you've constructed the ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power you know of what force. i mean yeah 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 a little cold it's too perfect yeah we've been doing this kind of thing for years we did it with the uh, mitch mcconnell audiobook and it doesn't cost us we didn't have to hire um artificial intelligence uh, it technology. didn't cost you anything did it no no we take Sounds mitch mcconnell's like it too. yeah no come on come on it's pretty good listen i'm the real mitch mcconnell and i like to remind people that i have a three-inch penis with a long turkey neck looking testicles <laughs> and watery egg prop soup style semen no there you go so uh it's like mitch is in the room yeah you can't tell the difference <laughs> I'm wondering if I can get an AI Howard Stern, artificial intelligence Howard Stern, and sit home and just collect checks. Well, That'd maybe seriously cool. think about that. I know. I like that. Uh, last night, big night on TV. Yes. Bruce Springsteen and myself on HBO. It's kind of cool Did when you that. Um, stay up to watch. Well, you know, and I've seen the thing a couple of times when we were putting it together. So, I mean, I, 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 it would have been nice to watch, but I have seen it. And uh, so I fell asleep at nine o'clock. But the guys were telling me they stayed up and watched a couple of the guys who worked for the show. And they said it was kind of cool when that HBO, like that, that static comes on. It's like yeah. HBO. And then up came uh, yours truly with Bruce. And um, Bruce was excited. I was excited. Bruce sent did me a nice text. Did you talk to Bruce before it? I did talk to Bruce. Uh, we texted a few days before it. And then uh, last night he texted me. I was asleep, but I texted him this morning. And um, both very, very excited. And I um, On Wednesday, I did the Morning Joe show, a show I'm a fan of. I was on with uh, Joe and Willie from Morning Joe for like over an hour. 
It's crazy. I thought they were going to keep you there forever. <laughs> I know. There's a third person on Morning Joe now, and it's not Mika. <laughs> well, you know, we talked Bruce Springsteen, and we talked about the interview, and they, they played a lot of the interview. And I was pleased because basically my whole desire in all of this was to get a lot of people to see the Bruce Springsteen interview. I thought that Bruce came off so well that it would be very cool if people outside of the serious universe got to see this thing. So now HBO is going to, they aired it last night live, but HBO will have the um, Bruce Springsteen interview up on HBO Max so people can watch it whenever they want. Of course, it'll be up on Sirius XM, the app. And of course, uh, so it so it lives now in a universe outside where... In an area. Yeah. Other than this, I was going to, you know, I couldn't stay up that late to actually tune in and see it come yeah. on on HBO. So I, you know, decided to record it. And then the power went out in my house. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, now so I woke uh, up this morning. I don't even have cable. I have exciting news. HBO is now going to air the Morning Joe interview. Uh, it, <laughs> no, I'm just well, making should, a joke. Because that was, yeah. <laughs> I thought <laughs> that, was, that was, they were so thorough. <laughs> they were. I said, Howard has now become Bruce Springsteen's spokesperson. He tells everybody what Bruce says and what he's thinking. Yeah, it was crazy. When I was on Morning Joe, at one point, Joe asked me about the new album. And I went, well, I'm not Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I can't answer about the new. I mean, I told him what I thought about the new album, but I didn't, you know. It was kind of fun, but I had a good time. It was a very interesting experience being on Morning Joe with Joe and Willie Geist. And uh, it, what was interesting about it was that I didn't have to drive the ship. It was kind of nice to have to, you know, just sit back. Just and they be were a guest. Me, yeah. Just be a guest. It was nice. And I could do it from right from my home studio. And it was easy. So that was Wednesday. And what ended up happening was they said to me, you're going to be on for 10 minutes. And I said, that's fine. 10 minutes is fine. And then they called later on in the week and said, well, could you give us 20 minutes? And I said, absolutely. I'll do 20 minutes. Let's just, you know, talk Bruce Springsteen. We'll have some fun. And now I feel like I'm a Bruce Springsteen expert and I am his official <laughs> spokesperson. So, uh, I'm, I'm sitting there and I, and, and it was quite pleasant. And then a the whole hour and 10 minutes went by or something. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I enjoyed it. And we had a lot of fun. And I like Morning Joe. I've never Joe. seen a segment that long on, like, any news show ever. No. And it was kind of great because it was great promotion for this HBO thing. And uh, Yeah, it was. But I was just like, they're just, you know, and they kept switching off. It was like they could take breaks. You were in every scene. <laughs> yeah. Nick, you're on the air in Indiana. Hey, now, Howard. How are you? Hey, now. Uh, well, I, I got to admit, I was uh, uh, after the football game last night. I said, "Oh, I'll watch something on HBO Max," and oh, boom! Your uh, interview with Bruce Springsteen was on. So I was like, "Well, hell, I guess I'll watch that." And uh, it was awesome, excellent. Uh, I mean, I, I listened to it live, you know, but uh, seeing it on HBO Max was really cool. Uh, yeah. the pr production was awesome. And the one thing that I really noticed that, you know, other than, you know, your brilliant interview and the performance by Bruce Springsteen is Robin looked so skinny, uh, when they would pan over to her, I was just like, wow, that, I guess that fasting really, uh, you know, it, 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 it was a real deal. I mean, she looked great. Yeah. 
but uh, she's a show off. That's awesome. what she does. She uh, <laughs> Look, steals every moment. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. She gets. She's. She upstages uh, Bruce Springsteen, no less. But uh, yeah. what did you, uh, Robin? Uh, uh, Nick brings up a good point. What did you eat for Thanksgiving? Did you fast through I Thanksgiving? Ate Thanksgiving dinner. You did. You had the traditional Thanksgiving. Yes. Oh my goodness! Look at you. You're so shy about what you eat. <laughs> no, um, it's what, what, what do you? Ex- I'm not going to. What? Why would I go to somebody's house for dinner and say, "Oh, I'm going to be sipping on this"? You know. I didn't know you went to someone's house you, for dinner. I told you all my well, friends were getting together, and we tested before. Well, you told me privately, so the audience oh. doesn't know that. Play along. <laughs> so I didn't know you went to somebody's home for dinner. Yes, uh, you know, yeah. I have a group of people I've been getting together with for Thanksgiving for years, right. and we yeah. haven't been able to get together for the last three years. So we decided this is the year we're breaking that, uh, you know, hiatus, and everybody decided to get tested before so that everyone would feel safe. And uh, were so your I friends, went to dinner. Were your friends shocked by your new body and sexy body, may I say? Uh, well, they, yeah, everybody is now is like, commenting. oh, look at Skinny Robin. I'm Skinny Robin now. <laughs> and did you wear a clingy outfit to show off your curves and, uh, you know, titties, if I may be gross? Uh, did you, uh, and were these the witch friends, the, the friends who are witches, the coven, or were these no, other friends? No, these were other no, friends. No, they celebrate yeah, American. Yeah, there was no, uh, uh, you know, celebration of the moon or anything. Right. You didn't howl at the moon. <laughs> um, but you, so, so everyone was commenting on your body and uh, the way you looked. And, and how different I look, yeah. What did you wear? Did you wear something sexy and revealing or did you uh, dress conservatively? I dress conservatively. What do you consider a family conservative? Family dinner. Uh, pants and a, a tight sweater is conservative to you. <laughs> what did the you wear? The sweater was not so tight. Okay. Looking and, and good, Robin. Did any of the men get like noticeable boners when you walked in because of your new physique? I did not notice that. <laughs> I kept my eyes hey, above the waist. I heard from someone who was at that dinner that they, two guys popped boners when you walked in, and it was embarrassing. Hey, boner. <laughs> they couldn't contain themselves. But, oh, so, and did you find yourself eating more food than usual because of your recent fasting for eight days, and now you were gluttonous because you were so no. hungry and trying to no. get more food into yourself? Do you found that no. you ate a normal portion? I ate less than anyone else. Wow. You monitored what everyone was eating and well, you saw other that. Well, people went back for seconds. I just had right. whatever I had on my plate at the beginning. I only had one serving. And after the meal, you didn't go and throw up or enema in the bathtub to get rid of any fecal <laughs> deposits or, or toxins? No, I did not. You didn't excuse yourself and uh, say, I need to use your enema bag the and tub? The bathroom was right. a little too close to where we were eating. I would have made a lot of noise. And and were there any uh, mucus-filled shits that uh, no, came out of you? No. no. no All right. No. Good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the full report. You wanted it. You got now it. Now everybody's up to date. Uh, um, yes. Good. That's good. Uh, Nick, you have any other questions about no, Robin's Thanksgiving? Uh, no. Robin looked great. 
uh, Bruce looked great, and you looked okay. I know. Uh, it's so true. I didn't look that good. You know what? I'm oh, going to tell you, Nick, it. my biggest complaint about the Bruce Springsteen interview is I wore the wrong uh, clothes. If I had worn something like a, a jacket that would fill me out a little bit and not make my shoulders look so weak, I could have looked a lot yeah, better. Awesome. No, cool. Nick, I, I understand what you're saying. Bruce looked great. Robin there looked great. Is. And I looked I looked okay. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> a so lot, cruel. you. Well, it's true. It's true. I mean, I know. I'm not. Uh, here's a guy with a Pete Davidson impression wants to do for us. Okay. Oh. I'm up for I love impressions. Go ahead, Trent in Minnesota. You got oh, a Pete oh, Davidson. Hey, what's going on? Hey. <laughs> What's going on? How'd you have a good? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yes, <laughs> Pete Davidson. I had a good Thanksgiving. Go ahead. Uh, what about you? Yeah. Did, did oh, you yeah, fuck uh, at all? Uh, did you have any chicks uh, at the oh, Thanksgiving? Oh, you know, I, I don't kiss and tell, Howard. <laughs> you know, but uh, let's just say, uh, Trent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know Pete uh, well. I've had him on the show, but I don't think you're hitting it on this one. I I'm, don't I'm think this is fooling anybody. No. Okay, and then I hear I hear it different in my head. I think uh, I, don't, I think I don't so. Know. We're not in your head. <laughs> you want to try a different? You want to do Darth Vader here? I'll help you. Out. It, it, does Trent do this for a living? <laughs> I'm wondering if he does this for a living. My name is Darth Vader. You should be Darth Vader. That's uh, that's what you now. You see, Robin, now you're talking and you're not interrupting there, my Darth Vader. They fixed whatever the they problem fixed it. was. Yeah. I knew something was up. I could shit. The force the was bed. doing that. That was yeah. Jack knife. All right. What? With Trent. Trent with was Trent. doing what now? Was he doing another impression? <laughs> I don't know. That was a fucking disappointment. But all right, you got to give the guy a chance. Anyway. Getting back well, to this. Uh, he mentioned Pete Davidson. We should say that they have gone public, Pete and Emily Ratajkowski. That kid is on a roll. I would imagine fucking Emily Ratajkowski must be a pure joy. And uh, that girl is very good looking. And she enjoys showing her body and her nudity. I could imagine Pete is having a fucking party. And I know I read all the comments online. Who's Pete Davidson to be fucking all these hot chicks? You're all just fucking <laughs> jealous. Everyone's jealous. Um, she's super hot. And I, you know, and I read the comments on Daily Mail. She's ugly. She has fake lips. Look at her belly button. I'm like, dude, are you, let me see who you're They're fucking. down to looking at the belly button and complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. Funny. People are, people are steeped in just bullshit. You want to say someone's ugly, say I'm ugly. You can't tell me that girl is ugly. You got it. That girl is super fucking fine. And if you were in Pete Davidson's shoes, you'd make, you'd be happy. Yeah, they, they'd all throw her out of bed, right? <laughs> uh, you know, Pete seems like a real relaxed guy and his confidence has to be through the roof. I bet you he can fuck for a long time without coming. I bet you he's kind of feeling pretty much in his game. You don't think that he gets as excited as you would? I don't if, know. You know, he's in the room with Emily Ratajkowski and she's taking off her clothes. You don't think he's like, oh, oh, I'm going to blow <laughs> before I even well, get to the bed. When I was his age, Pete Davidson's what, in his 30s? I blew uh, a load just yeah. thinking about somebody. You know what I mean? I had it I, yeah. back in those days. I'd have to jerk off once or twice in the early part of the day in order to prepare for the evening if I knew I was going to get laid. 
That's what I'm saying. And Pete never dreamed this was good. You don't, you don't think this is still extremely exciting to him? And I bet you Pete can come like five times in a row. You know, when I was in 20, when I was 20 something years old, I was 20. How old was I when I, no, no, I wasn't 20. I was younger. I was, uh, 19. Yeah. These were college days. I had a girlfriend in Princeton. She dumped me. She dumped me for a guy with a bigger dick. But okay, let's not get into that story again. I've told you that one. <laughs> but uh I was 19. I fucked my girlfriend five times a day. I used to count. We'd How fuck many in the days morning. were you with this girl? Like it was intermittent. Like uh, I was a college student and I'd go visit her in Princeton. Oh, okay. And uh so I'd have an intense like over the Christmas break. I wouldn't go see my parents. That was lame. I'd go see this girlfriend of mine, and we'd go to her place, and I'd spend five days with her at her place, and she was older than me, so she had an apartment and everything. Not an apartment, a house she shared with other people. And I'd go there, and for three, four, five days straight, we would fuck. Like, Listen, how would, would it go? Would you ever get out of bed, or, uh, you know, barely. what was I going was, on? First of all, I was 19. I had nothing to talk about. So, you know, what was I going to say? <laughs> There's nothing to had, do and nothing to talk about. Yeah, no I mean, money. <laughs> I, no money. I had no life experience. I was a co- broke college student. And, you know, and, and I remember, like, I'd go there. And, again, I, my memory serves me correct. We would, like, wake up in the morning and fuck. Then we would eat breakfast with her people. She had people that lived in the house with her. And then we'd probably like fuck again after breakfast. <laughs> and then during the day, I remember walking around Princeton. We would walk uh, around Princeton and like kind of hang out and taking, you know, whatever was there, uh, the air and the trees. <laughs> and then I think like toward the afternoon, we fucked, you know, it literally went down like that. And then maybe two times in a row at night. Like that's how much, that's how horny I was. I mean, Pretty much pussy ruled my life back then, and I couldn't get a lot of it. But being Pete's age, and be, Pete won the pussy lottery. I mean, can you, first of all, this guy legendarily has a big penis. His cock is so big and thick. How does he, a skinny girl like Emily, I know she had a baby, so maybe that stretched out her vagina, but how is she handling the big cock energy, big dick energy? I mean, well, she's a the, tiny all girl. All that stuff down there is pliable, Howard. It's pliable, but you know, Robin, being a woman, and you've told me this, when there's a big penis involved, sometimes you can only stuff like half of it in, right? right. Guy you can't, don't yeah. get it all in. No. The guy can't go balls deep. <laughs> Open you imagine how great that is? Like, she's nude, and then they're fucking around, and then he, she's blowing him uh, and, uh, uh, like, playing with his uh, cock. And then all of a sudden, uh, it's time to put it in. She gets up on all fours. And she's like, ow, oh, oh, go slow, go slow. And they're like, okay, okay, baby. And then like, 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 it's like a quarter of the way in. The head's in, maybe a little part of the shaft. And she's like, oh, okay, don't go any deeper. <laughs> My God, what a fucking thrill. You, that these be. are words that would thrill you. <laughs> yeah, and he's probably like, you know, I'd love to just find a woman I could put my whole cock into and get it all in there because it would feel well, better. We have heard from women who say they can do that. They can take his whole cock? Who? Who do we? Who well, we we've from? heard from women who say they can take a big one. Have we? Who we hear from? I mean, I don't... I mean, Mostly porn stars, but... Oh, yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> and, you know, a lot of them are not... You know, they're exaggerating their sexual prowess. <laughs> Jeez.
I think I'm growing up. I, I was watching porn this weekend on the, um, I was on the incognito. Uh, What's that? On your, on your, uh, on your, um, uh, <laughs> what? Unlike your Google browser, on your browser, you can go incognito. So no one knows oh, you're really? watching porn. Yeah. It erases everything. It's not in your you, history. You believe that? <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, but, uh, <laughs> My IT guys wrote me after I was on the air talking to you about how I, after I jerk off, I got to sit there and erase my history. <laughs> they go, Howard, they wrote me in the most embarrassing email I ever got. The two guys who work for me, Jeff and Matt, they go, Howard, you know, we were listening to your show this morning. You can use, they don't say why or they, they act like right, they hadn't heard right. it, but we, but you can use your incognito app or incognito page. So you don't have to sit and erase your history. So I was embarrassed, you know, like, you know, I'm an old guy and I'm still jerking off. And I wrote back to the boys. I said, thank you for helping me with my masturbation. I appreciate it. Like, I just came <laughs> you didn't clean. want to say what you're helping me yeah. with. <laughs> well, why else would there be an incognito app? If you're planning to murder someone, maybe you want incognito. If you, But it's basically yeah, for guys spy, watching you're an international spy, you're right. James Bond. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, other than that, incognito. You have incognito. You should go incognito. I don't know what you're watching. Where am I going incognito? You don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, like, if you look up an old boyfriend or you look up... I don't uh, do that stuff. You don't? Oh, my God. Sometimes my wife brags about all the, you know, guys she dated. They were good-looking dudes. So I, uh, back in college, I dated a very, very good-looking girl. I mean, a model type. I know. Howard Stern. I was like Pete Davidson for five minutes in college. So uh, I was searching for a good picture of this girl when she was young, and I found it. Oh, you did? Then I, I showed my wife immediately. I go, here's the girl I was dating in college for a, for a while. She goes, whoa, she's good looking. I go, yeah. That's it. And let me you tell you something. with a slouch. Look. Guess who, guess who got laid twice this weekend? It works. Oh. Yeah. My wife's a trip. She put this thing up on her Instagram. You know, we're, I, I, I don't have to tell you, we're into animal uh, rescue. We got rabbits now and cats. And uh, if you pass our extensive uh, uh, interview process you can have one of these animals who are so sweet and beautiful they they live with us and we really rehabilitate them and it's fabulous anyway so my wife designed this piece of jewelry that she's selling for charity all the money goes towards saving animals she doesn't make a dime off it and it was this nice company they make beautiful jewelry high-end jewelry so mm-hmm. beth designed this necklace and it's got two sides to the necklace it's gold it's it's nice, and it's got uh, you know when she designed it, I was like, what the hell is this? It's got an angel with the the eye that watches over you, and then the other side has a cat and a dog, and it's beautifully designed. It looks beautiful on a woman. A necklace. She's been wearing it. So this morning I wake up, and she says, "Look at the the cat playing with my new necklace." You know, she's trying to get people interested in it, and evidently a lot of people buying it, which is great. And the cat is playing. With her necklace, like hitting the necklace and stuff. Meanwhile, I'm looking at this thing. It's practically pornographic. Her whole titty, right, just right where the nip comes out, is is showing. I go, holy shit, this is the greatest advertisement I ever saw. Cause, Wait I a mean, minute, is this online? 
online on her Instagram oh account. <laughs> and I'm looking at saying, I go, I think her titty's out. It's just, I mean, she's not wearing a bra and her, and it's a V-neck sweater and the tit right down where the nip is. Or, you know, and the cat is swatting the necklace, which looks really beautiful. But I said to myself, Jitties. maybe she should have asked me about, I mean, this is the most sexual. I think Jitties. it's very sexual. So I start looking at the comments and every, everybody's writing, who the fuck's looking at the cat or the necklace? Looking at <laughs> they titty. don't see the necklace. <laughs> yeah. And I go, man. Oh, dear. Jitties. So I go downstairs. I go to my wife. First thing in the morning, I go, whoa. I said, oh, that was some uh, ad. She goes, what do you mean ad? I mean, the cat playing with your necklace. She goes, it's so sweet, isn't it? I mean, that cat is so cute. I go, your whole titty's out. She goes, no, it's not. Are you crazy? I swear to God, the woman doesn't titties. know. <laughs> like, like she's so oblivious to this thing. I go, are you for real? She's you looking don't at see? the cat and the necklace. She's yeah, not she looking goes, at her neckline. I said, why don't you go online and read what people are saying? How they can see your titty. And she's looking at. She goes, "I swear to you, on the life of Bianca, that's like the, her biggest swear." I had no clue that they would look like that. I go, I, I, you know what I mean? She's a woman. She doesn't think, think in titties. Right? She doesn't Jitties. see what a guy sees. She's got no titty awareness. And I said, "Well, <laughs> you ought to run some of these things by me." She goes, "I didn't think it was sexual." I said, well, you'll probably sell a lot of necklaces because I think women will watch it and think their titties will look nice like that with the <laughs> necklace dangling. Titties. I wish she would come downstairs and tell me how she didn't see. Is, is it still up? Sure, it's up. Yeah, <laughs> go see her titty. Go see my wife's titty. It looks nice if you ask me. I think it's great. I got no problem with it. I'm married to her. Oh, my goodness. I got my own little Emily Ratajkowski running around with those titties. <laughs> They're nice. But Pete Davidson, man, don't don't put up on social media how he's a loser and how she's not hot. Cut the fuck over yourself. It's ridiculous. You sound like a turd. Even if of course she's Pete, hot. Even if she dumped Pete, she's not coming to you. It's exactly. You sound lame. I was in the same situation. I remember whenever I'd see one of my friends with a hot chick, and I'd say, she should be with me. <laughs> and it's, I sound like a loser. And she didn't you know. come to you even when they broke up. That's right. Nobody ran. Like, no one, <laughs> like, 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 no girl was looking at me. Pete Davidson getting Emily Ratajkowski. Hey, it's a big mystery to you. What does he give a shit? He loves it. I would love for Pete to come on and tell me what it was like the first time he fucked her. If he came fast, I would love to know. I would love to know. If he would be not a gentleman and come on here <laughs> and tell me what the... I, I mean, you know what? I know Emily Ratajkowski. We had her on the show. I wish they both would come on. And she could give him the green light and say, honey... Tell him about when you fucked me the first time. And you can be honest as hell. Now, that's an HBO special. That's my next HBO special. Pete Davidson talks about fucking Emily Ratajkowski. That's the next one. Yeah, that's the next one. HBO, get ready. HBO's on the phone right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh they're trying to get the rights. Howard, we need that right now. Oh. <laughs> 
Everybody around this company was excited. I was talking to Scott Greenstein. He was very excited about the HBO special. And then he says to me, here's who else you have to uh, interview and put on HBO. Give me a list of people. So I got to get on that. Yeah, he figured it out. Well, make that, you know, Gary, get on the phone and make that pitch to Pete Davidson. (laughs) Yeah. Gary, just this is what you say. Hello, Pete. This is Guy Del Bate from the Hal Soon Show. I'm the producer. Um, Howard would like to interview you and your new girlfriend, and you could tell them everything about fucking Emily Ratajewski. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, yeah, yeah, that would be something. I would love to know. Like, did he come in three seconds? Or was he able... You know what? He seems like a mellow guy, and... Isn't he on meds? Do you think he's, he admi- that, I mean, he um, says he's on meds. So I think the meds slow you down from coming too fast. Right. And doesn't yeah. he, does he smoke a lot of pot? Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, maybe there's a slow release, a time mm. lapse release on him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'd really love to have is my next HBO special. I interview Pete Davidson while he's fucking Emily Radical. <laughs> so I could really get in oh there. Oh, my. See, yeah. you're always like... Ooh. Revolutionary. Ooh. I'm way ahead of my time. Who else? Who else brings you this kind of entertainment? When I say to people, Howard's brain is amazing, yeah. and he's always <laughs> out there going to that next level. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, forget HBO. I might want to present that halftime at the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. This year, a Howard Stern yeah. halftime Super Bowl uh, show. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Michael. Michael, you're on the air in Connecticut. Love Howard, Connecticut. how are you? First time, long time. Thank you. So I got I got Beth's uh, Instagram pulled up right now. She's got to know what she's doing here. Nope. <laughs> I swear, I said to her, honey, you don't know you got your titty out? She goes, I swear to you, I Jitties. thought it was so cute, the cat playing with my necklace. Uh, so, she's such a girl. Like, she does, like, she just, and then, she's oblivious. And then, of course, you go to the comments. Yeah, you go to the comments, yeah. and every single comment, some sick curve in there. She was genuinely oh, yeah. shocked when I woke up this morning. I go, that's some post, boy. She goes, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, she really was shocked. I know the difference. You know, she was genuinely shocked that her titty was like, she goes, oh, I guess it does look that way. I go, titties. Yeah. I said, every guy's looking at your titty. Titties. It looks good. Looks nice. 100%. All right, Howard. That's all I wanted to say. I love you Did you buy a necklace? (laughs) The necklace, by the way, is gorgeous. I may may have to now. I just think I do have to. You want to know something, though? I will say this because it's for charity. Normally, I don't, uh, you know, I don't sell uh, items, a lot of products and things. But for charity, this will save a lot of animals. And uh, the necklace looks lovely on the ladies. I'm telling you, it's very beautiful. All right, Michael. Thank you. Might be a good Christmas. All right. Thanks. Thanks, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yes. I don't know. I, I, I'm confused by white supremacy now. I don't understand how a guy named Fuentes. I mean, wouldn't uh, you change your name at least? How do you run around a white supremacist with the name Fuentes? Have white supremacists uh, accepted guys named Fuentes? The first thing they usually go is, wait a second. Wait a second. 
point Are they is, trouble recruiting or something? Don't we have any pure white people here? We gotta <laughs> get Hispanics. <laughs> I mean, what is this? And then, since when do white supremacists hang around with a black guy? And you had dinner with Kanye West. What's going and, on? And since when does Kanye West want to hang around with a white? Does Kanye West know he's black? I think he's really pushing the I'm crazy agenda. <laughs> I don't think it's going to bring Adidas back to the table. You got to um, forgive him. He's crazy. Fucking wild, man. Yeah. What's he saying by that? Does he hate black people? I don't know. What is How he saying? How can he hate black people? Well, what's he going to do when he looks in the mirror? Don't look in the mirror. <laughs> everything is being rebooted now star wars in a weird way yes white supremacy everything's changing man i can't keep up hey yeah mike from maine there's the mike hey mike what up good buddy howard Good morning uh, to you. Good morning, Howard. Listen, I, I was up. I mean, I uh, I do. Ba- I'm a, I actually haven't talked to you for a long time about this, but I have my own baking business now, so I was up all night baking. And uh, listen, as I watched and listened to that interview with Springsteen, and it's just—I don't even know how to describe it. There's no fucking podcast that people are listening to these days that will provide that kind of a an open like interview and like. I don't know, man. I truly don't care that much about Bruce Springsteen. You know, he's got a handful of great songs, but the guy's a fucking amazing person to, like, learn from. And, like, your conversation, like, you got all the father stuff. I've got that, you know. Well, I'm just, uh, I got to tell you, you know, uh, Bruce was very kind to me. And, by the way, more than a handful of songs. Come on, dude. I mean, mean the man is due. Handful, handful of songs. But uh, the guy was so just so good in that thing and i'm so happy that people you know of course i want people to see it as many people as possible because i think it's it's one of the finest moments i've ever been a part of in broadcast history for me my broadcast history and i'm just so glad howard it is wonderful to see a person who's like a fully realized mature human being productive A contributor, you know, because because all we see on the news these days is the opposite. It's true. Everything that's highlighted is some horrible human being doing something horrible to other human beings. Well, what's so great is that uh, HBO has multiple, excuse me, multiple TV replays of uh, this interview on HBO, HBO Two, HBO Signature, HBO Latino. They got. Will you be speaking Spanish? Yeah. I'm like, uh, so, Bruce, uh, como esta? Uh, muy bien. Uh, y tú? Yes. Uh, mis labios de pesca, la cocina. Uh, How would you yeah. think anybody will notice all you keep asking him is whether it's the fishing equipment is in the kitchen? I mean, like. Uh, yeah, it's the same question over and over again in Spanish. Thank you, Mike. But he has different answers um, every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching, I watched a lot, you know, we were off last week for Thanksgiving, and um, I didn't have the kids this year for Thanksgiving, because, you know, I'm a divorced man, so the kids, listen, my girls are older now, but uh, they were, 
they were at their mom's for uh for thanksgiving and then uh and then uh, I'll have them for Christmas. So I'm looking forward to that. The kids that stay with me. And we, you know, listen, everybody's all spread out. So. Yeah, it's, it's just hard me. to get everybody together. Try to get my mother to come over to my house. Forget it. My mother won't leave her, her apartment. Did you she go? Is, you didn't go to her. I didn't go to her. She didn't want anything to do. I went to her on Tuesday before Thanksgiving and hung out with her for a long time. And then, uh. Yeah, she didn't want anything to do. I go, Mom, you'll come to me. You'll come to me. What are you talking about? I can't go to you. I can't go anywhere. Meanwhile, her nurse, the doctor, said she's fully capable of going. Yeah. I said, well, you got to go. You know, you got to light a fire under her. It's just like that party she didn't want to have. If somebody had just... (laughs) Put her in a car and no. brought her to you. She would have had a great time. If you go to her, fine. <laughs> if you go to her, it's fine. She won't go anywhere. You don't know what I had to go through this past week because I spent most of the week. After my father died, he left a will. So I got to get his affairs in order. In order to get his affairs in order, I had to bring my mother to the bank. Well, she ain't going anywhere. I can't go. What are they nudging me for? Mom, it, 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 dad's dead. I got to be able to go to the bank. I got to be able to uh, write to his various uh, things. Uh, I go, Why okay. does she have to go to the bank? Are, is it her was name a, a, on something? Yeah, her name's on uh. stuff. So so anyway, then I had to get my uh, lawyer over to her. She had to sign papers so that I would be allowed to do certain things for my father's. Just don't ask this fucking stuff goes on. I mean, I'm going crazy. But she, you know, she wants me to handle everything. Well, of course, I don't blame my, her for that. But, you know, now she's into she this could thing. help out a little bit. She's into this thing where she's like in love. She always loved Beth, yeah. but she's madly in love with Beth. And she doesn't say, I don't, it's getting to be a little bit weird. It's getting weird. Even, you know, I don't know what's going on. Every conversation with her is about Beth. She goes like, I go, mom, I got to go to the bank. I went, I did this. I had to tell blah, 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 blah. How's Beth? <laughs> I'm like, what? I go, I go. Beth is great. She's doing great. Tell her I love her so much. I, of course I'll tell her that. And she, what she does for me, tell her she's the greatest. So Beth went online. My mother needed a new kitchen clock and she needed an ottoman. So she got her an ottoman and a clock. Everyone who sees the kitchen clock says how beautiful it is. But of course it is, because Beth picked it out. And Beth has the best taste, of course. And (laughs) everyone loves the ottoman. The ottoman is so wonderful. And they look at it, and I tell them my daughter-in-law got it for me. Oh, great, Mom. I'm glad you're appreciative. Beth was happy to, you know, meanwhile, I'm paying for this stuff. You know, I mean, where's my, 
where's my accolades? You know what I mean? It's almost like she doesn't understand that. Uh, and then she goes, and I love Beth, not just because she bought the clock in the ottoman, but because of who she is inside, who she is. Yes, Mom. And I'm like, you know, I don't go. This I, happens I the every, every every time every conversation, did. Robin. <laughs> oh every conversation. And, 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 you know, I'm really listen, don't get me wrong. I'm really happy. My mom loves my wife. Sure. But then she goes like, she'll go. And I thank God for I thank God for bringing me Beth. And and I go, yeah. She goes, and forget about for you, for me, for me. I thank God that she's with me. I'm like, well, hey, what is oh, going on? Why does she here? she begrudges you? What? What? Not I don't you, know. She me. thinks she's married to Beth. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? What is going uh, on? I don't understand what she's saying. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know what's going on, but I got to talk to my psychiatrist today about it. Ugh. You know, yeah, it's like you finally did something right finding me, Beth. <laughs> you know, like, 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 I didn't really have that in mind. Yeah, when I went out, I was looking for Beth for you. Yeah. I want to talk to you about my death. Oh, Mom, what is it? I want to be buried with Beth next to Beth. <laughs> I'm like, what? She's got to get an extra plot for Beth next to yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is unbelievable. Where are you going to be buried, Howard? <laughs> Nobody's worried about you. Put Beth on the phone. I've had enough of you. <laughs> Every minute with Beth, and I'm like, it's like weird. Uh, <sighs> she just loves Beth. I, we went to visit my mom right away. She, what bath? What? What is that sweater you're wearing? It's beautiful. What is it made of? Is that cotton? Yeah, it's cotton. It's beautiful. I mean, I never heard such compliments. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. I don't know. I'm trying to think because usually, you know, if you bring up something over and over again with a person, or it's something you always talk about, you look. Usually, you're looking for something you have in common. Right? Maybe that's like, it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I'm like doing if, you know, Like you like football, you would always talk football with somebody, right? And she yeah. she's a fan of Beth. That's one thing. Oh, sure. my God. She sure is. <laughs> she, uh, she loves Beth. But uh, anyway. Let's go to Balls in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Balls. Hey now, Howard, how you doing? Hey now. Great. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you, sir, uh, you've actually got to interview a lot of people that you've always wanted to over the years. What I want to know is, is there anybody left on your bucket list, per se, that you haven't got to interview yet? Well, listen, I'm interested in a lot of people. I don't know that I have a bucket I hate that bucket list. Uh, I hate that term, bucket list. Yeah, you know? I don't even yeah. know where it came from. What do you mean, bucket list? What, there was a what? movie called Bucket List. I don't know Is where it, it actually first appeared. I don't know. I get so aggravated. I go, what's on your bucket list? Like, When did that become a thing, bucket list? But uh, I don't even have a bucket list. There's nothing really left. In terms of interviews, though, I'm interested in everybody, you know. 
not necessarily even the biggest names in show business. I, I mean, it's great when you can interview a legend like Bruce or Paul McCartney or Neil Young. But, um, I mean, I'm interested in everybody. I, I'd be interested in, um, like Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, even Gallagher too. I want to find out how he's Gallagher doing. Gallagher too, you too. That's right. But you know what I mean? Like, like there are guys who come on this show who are so great, um, who aren't the biggest names in show business, but they're interesting people. I mean, I loved interviewing the guy who killed Bin Laden. So, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, uh, about I, that guy, the SEAL Team Six guy. In music, I was watching uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and uh, I was watching the American Music Awards. Like, I'd like to interview Taylor Swift. I'd like to interview. Uh, uh, I'd like a real great interview with Eminem. I was watching the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He just seems like a real interesting dude. I know we had him on the show years ago, but I wasn't really doing interviews. He was slim shady then. He hadn't even become him. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to talk to him, I guess. Um, I find Eminem very, very interesting. I thought his speech was good at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Did you happen to watch the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I got to watch that. I was hearing from a lot of people that it was a really good um, Hall of Fame ceremony this year. I'd like to interview, uh, I'd like to interview Oprah, but she would never do it because she, you know, I'm, I'm such a, I'm such a pain in the ass to her. Well, but, you're the uh, devil, yes. I tell you what, I know. She doesn't like me, but, uh, although one time I, when I was, I met Gail King at a function years ago and I said, yeah, I, I, she goes, you and Oprah have to get together. She, she goes, you're delightful. I go, Oprah doesn't like me, Gail. She goes, really? I go, yes, of course. She goes, she told you that? I go, no, she goes. Oh, Oprah she likes you. you I go. I, listen, I'm guaranteeing you, Oprah doesn't like me. I mean, give me a fucking break. Look, but, if somebody could put it together, wouldn't it be Gail? I'd like to talk. Gail could put it together. I'd like to talk to Stedman. I'd like to know what it's like to fuck Oprah. Nobody I, I put her on the Stedman. <laughs> no, I'd like to talk to Stedman about banging Oprah, and I would like to talk to Pete Davidson about banging Emily Ratajkowski. Maybe this is an HBO special in the two of those. Get guys. ready. <laughs> How about a round table? Pete Davidson, Stedman, and uh, I don't know somebody else. But but um, I don't know. I a bucket list interviews. I mean, I like talking to everybody. It's this. Everybody's got an interesting story. You would talk to Phil McGraw. Oh. Phil McCracken, I would talk to. <laughs> you mean, oh, Dr. Phil? Dr. Phil. Nah, I don't know. I mean, possibly if there was something. I don't, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to interview just anybody, but That's no, what I'm I, sitting there. There's not everybody you want to interview. No, it's not everybody, but I, I, I mean, I guess, I, I don't know, I just don't have like a bucket list, but there's so many people I'd love to interview, especially musicians. You know who's the greatest? I got to say something here. I was listening to Sammy Hagar's latest album, and I know like when um, heritage artists, classic rock artists, and you know, nobody has ever pulled the old switcheroo better than Sammy Hagar joining Van Halen. I mean, never... Since the two Darrens on Bewitched, when they switched Darrens on us, Sammy walked right into Van Halen and made it even better. than da And David Lee Roth was great. Don't get me wrong. I loved Van Halen, David Lee Roth years. But 
Motherfucking Sammy Hagar came in and just fucking nailed it. And the combination of him, Michael Anthony, and and uh, Eddie Van Halen, you got to give the man his props. I mean, Jesus Christ, that was one. That was maybe the biggest band in the world, right there, with David Lee Roth and and, and Sammy walked in and pulled off a fucking miracle. So I'm a Sammy Hagar guy. I'm a fan of the man. And so this is sort of weird. Um, well, uh, forget the weird. I was listening to Sammy's uh, album. It's called Crazy Times. It's with his new band, Circle, The Circle. And uh, I fucking loved it. And the reason I bring that up is here's a guy in his 70s making new music. And he's fucking excellent. It's not, you know, it's not a retread. It's not a rehash. It's he new. Does a, it's new. And you know what I do? I paint. So I put on music. I put on the whole album. And I listen. I ended up listening to it three times. Wow. And I'm saying that he's not, you know, he's not asking me to say it. He's not paying me to say it. It's not a commercial. I don't know that anybody listens to whole albums anymore, but I do. I like that experience. But the thing is called Crazy Times, and he does a version. He does a couple of covers on it and some original tunes. Yeah, I'll play you one of his original tunes. You want to hear it, Balls, or no? Oh, yeah. I like when he comes to the studio, too. He's never boring. I like hearing his stories. Yeah, I got to have You see, there's a guy. I've interviewed Sammy. I'd like to interview Sammy again some point. Yeah, he's always a great guest. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's always. He's always great. Like, they, listen to this. It just was... got to get into the vibe. Coming at you, WNBC, a little Sammy Hagar crazy time. Sammy in the circle at WNBC. Then he's supposed to sing. <laughs> he's still not singing. No, it's a, you could do the weather, too. And then <laughs> two minutes past eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> You read the news. <laughs> yeah. the news. Yeah, I thought this was an instrumental when I first heard it, but it's not. He's singing. He even does a... Um, <laughs> I was listening to the album... And I started going, he's ripping off Elvis Costello. And then I realized he's doing Elvis Costello. He did pump it up. <laughs> he wasn't ripping anyone off. I love this song. I love Elvis Costello. Yeah! Coming at you, WNBC. A little pump it up. This is an Elvis Costello cover from Mr. Sammy Hagar. Guy can still sing. He's yep. in his 70s, yeah. And he does uh, something he wrote called Funky Feng Shui. Nice, huh? Little cha-cha. Funky Feng Shui. Come on, Robin. Jump on my lap. Good stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey now. He does another song on there, which I'm, I'm not going to play the whole album, but he does a song about, hey, he's 75 years old and he's talking wow. about facing death. But he, really? it's a beautiful song. It made me sad. It was like, he's like, you know, I still got a lot of life left in me, but the reality is I'm 75 fucking years old. He does it in this one song. I wish I knew the name of the song. You know, I just started listening to the album. But anyway, good for you, Sammy. And you want to know how I got turned on to this album? I didn't even know Sammy had a new album. So <laughs> I'm sitting there on my computer going through my email. I get a uh, an email from Kid Chris, the legendary oh. disc jockey. Kid Chris, yeah. he's a friend of mine. He's Where a, he's he a radio. He's in Cincinnati. Okay. W, I think he's at WEBN. I think. Don't. Uh, but he's in Cincinnati. And uh, he's the morning guy there. So he says, he goes, I'm sending you this. It's from Sammy Hagar. He somehow heard. He goes, I don't know how he got my email, but he somehow heard that I'm friends with you. And he sent this video message. So I put on the video message. It's Sammy going, hey, uh, Kid Chris, thanks for forwarding this to Howard. Howard, wow. I sent you my new album. And you have, how can you, you know, you should listen to it. <laughs> wow. But Sammy, he, he claims he had sent it over to us, but I guess, you know, Baba Booey or somebody got lost in the mix. Um, I guess well, apparently, that's interesting that he, you know, had to backdoor his way into Baba you. Bowie. Baba he backdoored Bowie. Kid Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I said, well, if Sammy's going to that much trouble for me to listen to his new album, he must be really fucking proud of it. And I listened to it and it was really fucking great. So, you know. Some of these guys, man, they can still rock. And Eddie Van Halen, God rest his soul, what a great guitar player. He should never have fucked with that relationship with Sammy. I think those guys could have had many good years. I don't know what the hell it is with those Van Halen boys. Where they just, they, I don't know, they're tough. Well, maybe Sammy's tough. I don't know. I don't know what the dynamic was. Because You know, uh, well, we always talk about how... Uh, you know, a guy who can't sing his own songs and he's like really the band. Mm -hmm. It's a tough thing to have uh, so much attention going to that lead guy when you're doing all the hard work. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so I was I was on Oprah's Instagram and uh, speaking of Oprah because I'd like to interview her. Uh. She's well, send her the Bruce Springsteen interview. Maybe that'll turn the tide. She lost a shitload of weight. She had those African, you know, she's got something, some kind of girl school in Africa. Yeah. And every Thanksgiving, Oprah, you know, I know everything about Oprah because I follow her on Instagram. I you read could write a book about, on Oprah. <laughs> I am writing a book on Oprah. Don't say I could. <laughs> that was the, the best. That would be the best. <laughs> Howard Stern is working on a biography of Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, right after the Lady Diana uh, biography. <laughs> I'm going to do the Oprah one. Yeah, I sent Oprah a cassette full of questions, and then she answers me back. <laughs> but uh, I, I, she, I got to give her props, because I'm always busting her chops for being the head of Weight Watchers and not I losing any weight. I have seen her. She's lost weight? Oprah, 
I don't know. Oprah's not embarrassed by her wealth at all. She loves showing it off on Instagram. It's fucking mind blowing. You when you follow her on Instagram, you see her estates, her gardens, the people who service her, and you know, service her. She's not a car. Well, I'm, well, she kind of is. She's got uh, servants and like people cooking, and it's fucking wild. She knows how to be rich, but uh, she doesn't. She kind of likes to show it off. Which is something I'm not comfortable with. I don't think that well, people should show off their wealth. Well, let's put it wealth. this way. Oprah's just showing you her life. She's not showing off. Well, you got to be a little self-aware and know that there are people <laughs> struggling out there, Robin. You got to. You got to kind of think about people who don't have to eat. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. You got to be a little bit aware of this shit. Well, if you don't show your wealth, are they getting fed? No. They are not, but you know, look. <laughs> I mean, I make a good living, and I'm having trouble watching Oprah. I go, "Wow, she's got, she's got, wow! Look what's going on over there. Her estate is unbelievable." So, like, like when she, when she goes shopping, she goes shopping in her backyard because everything is growing back there. Like, there's a farm right. back she, there. She does her grocery shopping yeah. in her garden. Yeah. She goes, "Oh, <laughs> I'm picking." Then she's picking flowers for the table. She's, you know, but, but there's always somebody next to her. Cutting them. They're really picking the flower. Right. Anyway, she's like unbelievable. But anyway, she's every Thanksgiving she welcomes the African gals at her at her boarding school in uh, Africa for like girls, I guess, whose parents abandon them, and she takes them in, and they call her like Mama or with something something like Mommy, Mommy. And uh, all the African women come up to her estate and they start singing like, you know, It's like Lion it's some, King. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's unbelievable. And Oprah comes out in a white, um, like a jumpsuit. But oh my God. You were shocked. I was like, you know what? She looks fucking excellent. She's got a nice figure. You know, transformed herself several times, and she always had a nice figure under there. I think she's going to gain it back, though. You should see what was on this Thanksgiving table. I don't see how you could just take one plate. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, they had every fucking delicacy. I'll tell you. And if I was those African girls, I'd refuse to leave that place. I'd be like, honey, now I'm here. I'm staying. I'm not going back to that boarding school. <laughs> You'd hide when the bus showed up. <laughs> yeah. And the girls, they are so sweet. They, 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 I think they believe Oprah's God because let me tell you, she provides. She gives them an <laughs> education. She gives them meals. Don't ask. They love her. And it's got, it's impressive. I got to be honest. I mean, you know, it's real charity work, but she lost the fucking weight. Uh, bring up a picture. I got to see. Let's, Somebody give me a picture. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, the last time I saw her on one of those wow. Weight Watchers commercials, she was still standing behind something. Maybe <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> You're kidding me. She was standing behind something in a Weight like Watchers commercial? Like, yeah, they'll hide her somehow. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but but uh, in any case, she did look terrific. And you got to find where she's with the African gals and they um, and she's in her white jumpsuit. Because that's, okay. you know, white is not um, forgiving. Not a flattering color. No. And a jumpsuit to boot. Yeah. And and she got the big titties and a nice thin waist. So there you go. Let me see if they got it. See? Look. Oh, wow. 
Am I right? She looks good. Absolutely. And she's my age. She looks young as hell. Unless that's maybe it's photoshopped. I don't know. I don't think that's photoshopped. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I got to be honest. I love to go over Oprah's place for Thanksgiving. But you didn't go anywhere. (laughs) No, no, I don't go anywhere. I'm completely sequestered. Here's Oprah. Oprah. Here's Oprah. Here's some tape I got. This is Oprah listing all the foods for Thanksgiving from last year. You know, this is an old tape, but I'm telling you, you got to see what's going on in that place. It's unfucking believable. It's when I imagine what heaven would be like. (laughs) Oprah's got heaven on earth, right at that estate. You got to see it. The African chicks are like, what language is she speaking? I don't know. Yeah, she's she's trying. <laughs> but they love the African girls to the table. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. A lot of Well, that's Oprah, you know. She's always like everything's a superlative. Yeah. Well, she's living the life. Her and Pete but why Davidson. Not? You know, she had a yep. very tough childhood. Hey, I don't. This hey, is the thing. Uh, maybe I believe that's why she shows it. Let me tell you something. I believe in the American dream. That's what I love about America. Oprah, who grew up poor, could work hard and be, uh, you know, master at her craft. And she, she became was not a wealthy just woman. poor. She was not just poor. She was, she dirt was poor. neglected. Right. She and was so, sexually abused. Yeah. There was all kinds of things. She, you know, you she had a pregnancy uh, when she was a teenager. She overcame all of that stuff. That's what I'm saying. But so I don't. Uh, I'm happy for her. But she should like kind of. I don't know. It's a, no. It's a I lot think to take when in. you've gone from zero to sixty, you should just celebrate. All right. Maybe you're right. She has know. a right to celebrate every day. You know what I'd love to see? And and I'm not one to orchestrate your life. You live your life the way you want. But I'd love to see you have a few African girls over for dinner around Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have to? Oprah's got that taken well, care of. Well, it seems like you admire her a lot. I think you should. Uh... No, I never said anything about admiring Oprah. I'm simply saying she has a right to live her life the way she wants to and not adhere to your principle. Didn't you save a whole bunch of kids from Eritrea? I think you did, actually. I, there is a school in Sudan of Eritrean refugees, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've done all that. She's done, Robin's done that. I don't have there. them to my house. No, no. <laughs> I'm not flying them over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> You're not going to fly over those Eritrean kids to... Uh, uh, the Fred woman had, who uh, built the school, the woman who built the school, she called me and said, Robin, I want to name the school after you. I said, no, 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 no. No, no, I don't even want it. No. That's too much. Uh, Fred, uh, uh, in other news, had 72 Mongolians over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> He's very involved. Fred, how was your Thanksgiving? Everybody wants an update, I bet. It was I'm sensing. Yeah, what did Thank you do? You much. Does anyone I, want, you want to tell us? I cooked the turkey. My daughter cooked just about everything else. She cooked the dessert. Wow. She cooked all the sides. She was wonderful, and everybody was happy. And it was wow. good to see her again. So, there you go. 
Tessie was. Are home. you are you uh, copying Robin with your glasses look? Uh, it seems to me you're both wearing the same glasses. <laughs> no, I think it was kind of a simultaneous thing. Uh, we kind of uh, went to uh, different opticians at different times, but came up with the same look. This is the new look. Uh, I want to announce something. I'm going to get the same glasses Robin has and Fred, and we're going to all look look the same. Or there cu- you go. Right. Cut them in yeah. half. Let's go to Kevin in New York. Thank you, Fred. Excellent update. Fred uh, cooked the turkey. You and, have the sides, and the sides were made by his well, How was everything? Daughter. He didn't tell us the result. Delicious. No, stop it. She made a lemon know. meringue <laughs> that was to die Ooh, for. Really? That's hard. Yes. Kevin, you're on the air in New York. Please hey, cut off, uh, please cut off uh, Fred's mic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kevin. Love Fred. You gotta yeah. love him. Hey, first time caller. Oh, very good. Okay, Kevin, what can I do for you? Yeah, I just want to call and tell you, man, I love that the Bruce Springsteen interview. Yes. I would probably, no, you know what, man, I want to say I'm sorry about your cat, first of all. I'm a pet lover. I had a bird, a talking bird, die about six months ago. I cried like oh. a baby. What did he yeah. say? I don't know what he said. He had a talking bird, and the bird yeah. died six months oh, ago. Oh, yeah. I'm I so cried attached. like a we, baby. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Hey, uh, lo- love the you should see me. interview. Thank you, Kevin. Good to hear from you. Appreciate it. Uh, love Thank you, guys. You. Love Bye. you. Bye. What were you about to say? I was going to say, I didn't want to say it with him on the phone, but I think not only is it, his, I think that's the first call he ever made to anybody. It sounded like <laughs> he was having a hard time with that phone. When he said he was a first time caller, I think he meant the first time he ever owned a phone and made a like, phone call. Yeah, the first time he heard about the phone. He's just learned about the phone. Yeah. Uh, 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 Howard, I'm a first time uh, 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 caller. <laughs> oh, you mean to our show? No, no, in life. I, I've never used a, 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 a telephone before. Can you hear me? Testing, testing. One, two. Guy sounded like uh might have been his first time talking. Yeah, he he acted like something was supposed to happen after you make your first call. Like he paused. All I know is that bird that died is better at talking than him. <laughs> I wish the bird would have called me. He should have had us on with the bird six months yeah. ago. You're not kidding. You know, it's <laughs> very rare that people outlive a bird. Usually, uh, you yeah. put your bird in your will. That is the problem with uh, people who get animals. They don't research first. Birds can live. I'm talking about some of these talking birds. They can live 70 fucking years. So they get a bird and they don't make any provisions in their will for who's going to take over the life of the bird. And the bird ends up uh, being euthanized. And by the way, with this rescue that my wife and I do, we've ended up with a couple of birds that were in that situation. And we rescued them. But... It's, you know, then you got to go find a home and right. people don't and, think uh, of that And stuff. people have to be in for a real, you know how we're lamenting that our, our animals, dogs and cats don't live very long. The bird will outlive you. You'll have it your whole life. Um, yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm living in a whole animal sanctuary here now. We got so many animals currently. It's unbelievable. And, uh. You know how I get laid? When my wife sees me behaving well with the animals, I brush them every night. I 
I give them treats. Now, you it don't turns- do this because you like it. You do this to impress your wife? Well, let's say it's both. I like doing it. <laughs> I like animals, but my wife but gets so hot for me. She's like, I married the greatest guy. He's so good with animals. <laughs> uh, that's the way to my... like. I remember I would walk through a room. I always, like, if I walk in a room and a couple of my cats are there, I say hello to them. You know, I go, hey, you know, how you guys doing? And uh, I always try to make a fuss, but for some reason, my, my, my wife is in the room. She goes, hello, hello. you didn't say hello to uh, Helen. You didn't say hello to Pebble. You didn't say hello to Bella. I go, honey, I just walk in the room and you're accusing me of not saying hello to Pebble and Helen. And all the cats, Walter, I do say hello, but you got to give me a second to say hello to them. You can't just jump on me the second <laughs> I walk in the room and say you didn't say hello to the animals. I, I got to be so quick on that because she gets upset that I <laughs> you, don't say hello. Before you open the door, you start hello, saying hello. hello. Oh, my God. You should see me now. You should walk in my house. <laughs> I open up the door, right? And let's say three of the cats. We have about, let's see, the Yoda died and Grogu died, but we have... Uh, Moosh and Coco Melon and Helen. So, so we got now we got six cats and a rabbit of our own. Uh huh. So I walk in the room. I go, Hi, Bella. Hi, Pebble. <laughs> Hi, you guys. What's doing? Oh, hey, Mooshu. <laughs> and that she quiets right down. You got to get a whole production. You got to make sure it's oh, heard. You got to do you the would, whole thing. Oh, shit. You would laugh so hard if you saw. You know, like, oh, hi, Pamba. What's happening? <laughs> you should see me. Uh, and I do it loud so she hears it. That's right. You don't want her to miss it. What's going on, Moosh? How are you, Walter? <laughs> hi, you guys. And I just, that's how I talk. <laughs> the other day we have a woman who cleans our home i'm like oprah you know we have people and, you you uh, have you get service <laughs> i didn't know she was upstairs and i go hi you guys what's doing and she walks in and i'm like oh my god i go yeah 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 i'm just saying hi to the animals i'm saying hi because that's like, nuts oh my god she must think i'm out of my fucking mind i go the other day i'm so, so i know my job at 11 a.m. is to give Pebble, uh, Bella, who's blind, her treats. And what <laughs> I got to do is I rattle her treat bag, and she comes for her treats, and that's my job. So I walk out. I didn't know the cleaning woman, you know, the woman who works here. was. I, I go, hi, Bella. <laughs> Where are you, darling? Listen, I'm, 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 I'm shuffling the treat. <laughs> hi, babe. I'm going... Come here, come here. And out walks the clean one. I go, I wasn't calling you. I was calling, I was calling the cat. And you walked out. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Would you like a treat? I'm <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking lunatic. I, you know, people think, because I've been locked up in my house for three years, people think I'm a lunatic. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, we, had, we had a friend over for dinner Saturday night. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm so you like I guess I'm so woozy for like the cats walked in and in front of my friend I'm like hi Pebble <laughs> you don't even realize this is not appropriate with a guest in the house it was our friend Allie I go out so I so the bus balls I go 
Allie, say hi to Pebble. <laughs> Go ahead. She goes, hi, Pebble. <laughs> They're going to haul me out in a straitjacket. This is going to be the story of you yeah. at one someday. He used to yell hello to all of his animals every hi. day. Hi. <laughs> hi, you guys. What's happening? He talked oh, to so them very loudly. Here's what I got. I got to take a break. It's going to go pee. But, uh, oh, Pebble's on the phone, my cat. <laughs> hi, Pebble. You know, Howard, it's Pebble. You know, who the fuck are you kidding, man? I mean, you, you never say hello to me when Beth isn't in the room. And I mean, it's just. It's, it's, <laughs> I always it's, it's, it's do. It's fake. You're, You're lying. Phone. You don't but even you know, know the truth. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not your liaison to getting pussy from Beth. I mean, you, you wow. know, I'm not an idiot. I don't do it just for pussy. I do it also because I like to leave me alone. (laughs) 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 Don't talk to her today. Is Pebbles a girl or a boy? That sounded like a boy. Pebbles a girl. She doesn't sound like that. That's funny. My (laughs) wife and I were having an uh, we were having an interesting discussion. Well, wasn't that interesting to anyone but us? But we were like, if Walter could talk, what would he tell us? Because he's seventeen and he's all he's up. Wow. Yeah. But I didn't like Pebble being on the phone because that made Pebble sound like an asshole. <laughs> um, anyway, I do have a couple of things when we come back. I got to play this report on buffets that Wolfie did. It's fucking hysterical. Oh. Uh, also, I do have a phony phone call, too. It's called Swap Shop Leftovers, which is fun. Uh, I got a bunch of airline assholes, people who are fucking total assholes on planes. I got to read you the fan feedback. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of stuff to get to here. And, of course, uh, people are on the phone. They want to get to us. Yeah, we've been away for a while. It'd be nice to say hello. So I didn't ask you. So you didn't see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or you did? I forget what you said. I did not. I've I've got it on my bucket list to watch. (laughs) Bucket list. (laughs) I thought, you know, parts of it were really good. And, you know, it's it's who you're interested in. I heard in. from people that they loved this year. I did. Uh, I had a good time. I had a good time. By the way, speaking of Taylor Swift, did you did you get tickets for the Taylor Swift concert? You know, it was a big fiasco. They couldn't, uh, They there were so many people. I wanted heard to, that something went wrong and the fans were all up in arms. I didn't get so my funny. tickets. <laughs> so funny to me. I mean, uh. Who are these people that are crying and they spent five hours on the phone? They couldn't get the tickets. That man, I guess they wanted those fucking tickets. But like, you, know, you spend, I guess, I, you know, I don't know what it is. How you make that connection with people that she has? I know. But yeah, they lose it when they can't get to her. Here's a tape I got of fans freaking out because they couldn't get the Taylor Swift. They couldn't get in on the Taylor Swift pre-sale ticket uh, event happy pre-sale day everyone it's gonna be a fantastic day we're gonna be positive i have been sitting on the Ticketmaster website for two hours now the line has stopped moving i'm not getting them the queue quit working (laughs) i'm not getting tickets (laughs) this has been a five almost six hour process for me the website Holy crap! And it put me back at the beginning. Oh boy. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Seven hours. 
From start to finish, it took me seven hours to get tickets. Taylor, I had it. I had tickets. And it went to the beginning of the queue. Wow. That's a fucked up kid. This is so unfair. <laughs> if you're the mom and yeah. you're walking by your daughter's door. Yeah, you just give up all hope. You what do you, know you do? I mean? It shouldn't be that hard to get tickets. They do have to fix the system, but uh, obviously they probably were not prepared for the demand. I mean, you know, they they probably got a normal way of doing this thing, and then suddenly, like nine hundred million people sign on to get these tickets. Um, you know, they haven't. I guess they haven't perfected the technology. But I know people are mad at Ticketmaster, and I'm like, you know what? You know, maybe they haven't invented the technology that they can handle that kind of demand. Everybody assumes, like everyone goes, you know. They should invent this. They should invent that. You know, I'm but not they don't an know apologist. How to do it themselves. Yeah. No, they just want. They just, you know, it's like somebody get, ought to do it. For some reason, Robin, getting tickets has been the hardest thing in the world. Going back before the forever. Computer. Yeah. Forever. For some reason, I think I could fix it, but what do I know? I don't know. What is it, Gary? I just want to make a point to Robin. Robin was saying, like, what you know? What do you do if you walk by your daughter's room? A lot of these people that were crying were like grown ass women with jobs and like moms. Oh, it wasn't just. Oh no, these oh, were like I saw Busy Phillips having a meltdown. Like these oh, were grown come on. people. Oh stop! Come Busy on. Phillips, how old is she? She acts like she's fifteen. I mean, what's going on with her? Like what, Busy Phillips was crying because she couldn't get into Taylor Swift. She was just, she was she was posting herself live and complaining and like you know oh my god I can't believe I can't get in I've been waiting for hours what's going on oh but maybe Robin, she's trying to get but baby now I got it does she have kids I don't know she probably has it, kids it, she it can't seemed like they that. were for her really yeah, that's that's how it came across I used to watch her TV show all the time busy tonight and. Now she's now they call her not so busy tonight because uh, she's got time and to so wait. So what's she complaining about? She got time to be on the the computer all day for tickets. Well, I'm just saying. Listen, the nobody that should upset. have to. People are upset, but the point I'm making is, I don't think there is technology yet that could handle the 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 mass amount of people going on a website. It crashes or something happens where it can't now. I'm not saying it's great. I know what you're saying to yourself. Well, if you're going to be in business, you better figure it out. But maybe they just haven't invented the technology yet. Well, you know, um, how about a lottery where, maybe. you know, it's easier for people to just go in and get a number and then think, they get assigned a time to show up where they don't have to wait for anything. It, in fact, I think they've done that in the past. And you know what happens? Mm -hmm. Somehow scalpers hire a whole bunch of people uh, and they see, get this is the problem yeah. the scalpers yeah. you know what the best cure for this is every time you listen to this do a man on the street in ukraine where their homes are being bombed oh. and uh i guarantee you even their reaction isn't as strong as the taylor swift fans freaking out that they can't get taylor swift tickets but that must be one hell of a live show we might have to go see it if people are freaking out and she probably is like, holy shit. I mean, I better come through and make a great show because these kids are expecting something big. Yeah, she must get you know. nervous now that the expectations are so high. Tickets have been an issue throughout time. I remember when I was a disc jockey back in 1976, 77, the same shit was going on. I'll tell you the secret what you got to do. 
This is an idea. You got to start following people who aren't so fucking popular. You'll get the That's tickets right. in two seconds. I was, I'm telling you, I'm a big Who Suzanne. people follow? <laughs> I'm a big Suzanne Boyle fan. I got no problem getting <laughs> tickets. I go right on Ticketmaster. Uh, I, I had no problem getting the Lou Bega uh, tickets that you know really? I enjoyed. And, uh, you know, Cy from Korea. You remember Cy? I do remember Cy. I get right through. <laughs> you know, I was talking to Richard. He, uh, He's a big uh, cannibal corpse guy. He had no problem getting <laughs> tickets. That they figured out. Uh, Andrea Bocelli. He's at the garden next month. They say you can go right on and get your ticket. <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah. You see here, I got the facts. Busy Phillips was trying to get tickets for her two children who are 14 and nine. That makes sense to me. No wonder she's annoyed. But she doesn't have to lose it because of it. Yeah. It's not like a major issue that you should be posting about. Might also, might also not be a bad idea to let the kids hear no. You can, you're not going to the Taylor Swift concert. You know what? I did my best, and it just did didn't my best. work out. Yeah, I tried. i got to sit here for 17 <laughs> hours. You're nice kids and all, but I'm sitting here for 17 fucking hours. <laughs> i got to get a movie. <laughs> I gotta go to some auditions. Yeah. I gotta do yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Mommy's gotta, you know, mommy's gotta go make some dough. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, so many people on the phone want to talk to us, but I should take a break. I was gonna say we're, we were on our way to a break. How how did we get into another conversation? I don't know because you know what? I'm a big yenta, and I got a lot of thoughts, and especially after a week off, I'm talking about everything. But, uh, all right, I'll take a break now. Let me tell you this, that uh, I want to thank Avast. With over 400 million users, Avast helps you protect your privacy and avoid scams and malware on your phone and computers. Stay safe online at Avast.com. What a nice read I just did, huh? Isn't that beautiful? You could be James Earl Jones. Why aren't they calling you for Darth Vader? You know what? Freaks Yay! me out. I mean, James Earl Jones has that beautiful voice. And then you see that whatever age he is, he lost the voice. His voice yeah. isn't as strong, so they, they gave him the AI treatment. That scares the fuck out of me. I'm on radio. I'm no spring chicken. I don't want to lose my voice. By this time, Howard, a lot of people are already experiencing that. I marvel yeah. at my voice every day. Yeah, we're lucky. That it still sounds the same. Knock on fucking wood right here. I'm yeah. knocking on wood. Where's I've never it? had to knock on wood, but I know someone who did. And his name was Howard Stern. <laughs> oh, fuck me. George Takei. Hey, what's up? I'd like to say that uh, I have plenty of tickets available for Allegiance on Broadway, <laughs> unlike Taylor Swift. <laughs> so you're saying... Here, I'll sing that... you a preview. Go ahead. Ishikara Ishi, Namawa o Dekiru. Come on, join me, Swifties. <laughs> uh, George, what is the oh. George? Yeah, George, what is that song? By the way, is that when you're locked up in the Japanese American internment camp? 
Well, that's the whole show, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what, in other words, what is the scene? Paint the scene for us and then sing the song. What happens? Well, it's a dark and gloomy setting. The lights are dimmed very low. Half the audience is asleep. But then, <laughs> suddenly, I break into the most mournful song. Ishikara Ishi. <laughs> no wonder there are tickets available. Every oh ticket's still available, even the front row. <laughs> <laughs> so if I go on Ticketmaster right now, you're saying I can have a positive experience. Absolutely. And you can still buy the region-free DVD version. And unlike Bob Dylan, I sign every copy. Yeah, did you read about that? That was No, what happened that? with Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan sold uh, copies of his book. I hope I have this right. If I'm getting it wrong, correct me. But I read a little something about it. He sold copies of his book autographed. Uh -huh. It came out that the autograph was one of those electronic uh, autographs. Oh, a shameful display. Well, listen. <laughs> so Dylan said at the time, his excuse was that he had COVID and uh, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you got to right. be up front. You got to tell people what they're buying. But I think Bob Dylan must have a shitload of money. Does he really need to sell autographed copies of the book? I don't know. Uh, they came at a, a special price? I don't know. I don't know anything about copies? it. I don't know. But who knows what he's up to? Well, you know, you know this know. reminds me of the song People Resist. People do whatever you want. <laughs> Resist. What? Yes, from Allegiance. Oh. Do not fight the storm. Do not fight the storm. Nothing that we can do. The world is not as we knew. So keep your head down till the storm passes through. Brad, I'm fine in my voice today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Uh, George you might go. be a little confused. Uh, Allegiance is opening on the West End, not on Broadway. <laughs> Robin, we're doing the best we can with that impression. George is a maniac. I, I know we're taking a break, but he is the best. George Takei is the best because uh, he was in an animated movie this summer. Uh-huh. And so they, so he went on a promotional tour. And it's the greatest promotional tour because he's supposed to be promoting a cartoon. He's pissed off the way his character looked. Oh, the my character, goodness. Yeah. The character, he was upset that the character that in the cartoon was out of shape. And he's <sighs> in shape. And you know he doesn't like fat. He doesn't like that Brad got fat. His his right. husband. So he, he like I don't know if he's from, I don't know what is, what planet he's on because it's like a cartoon <laughs> character. But he he didn't like. And it's the just the character. The character can be fat. And you could see the guy's interview with him. Like, is this guy for real? Now, let me see if I can find some tape of this real quick. George Takei press junket. <laughs> George he starred in an animated movie this summer called Pause of Fury. Okay. Okay. The Legend of Hank, whatever the fuck that is. His is character's that some kind name. Is dog thing? It's some kind of thing. Like a dog. Yeah, a dog. Or, what is it, Richard? Is it a dog or a cat? That character? No, it's, yeah, he's a cat. Oh, it's a cat. He, yeah, I, I, he did the voice, and then I don't think he thought the cat was going to turn out to be a big fat cat. And he, uh, when he's promoting the movie, it is this 
package made me laugh so goddamn hard. The yeah. fact that George cares so much about how a cartoon character looks. George spent the summer promoting the movie. He took issue with his character being described as muscular. I guess they told him the cat was muscular, but then he was bitching that it's not muscular. He's fat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. With voice acting, it's they can't see us. So uh, they don't know uh, what the real actor looks like. I objected to, to the character I was supposed to be playing. When they showed me the drawing of Olga, I was a top-notch samurai uh, of this huge samurai army. But this was a, an, an obese guy, enormously, gigantically fat man. And I said, I don't play that. I am a disciplined fitness uh, person i wake up every morning and do my 100 push-ups go to the fitness center and eat properly and all that uh how dare you cast me as that blob of fat <laughs> i mean it, and, and you know the guys interviewing them are like it's a character dude i mean uh, <laughs> don't you imagine most people that do voiceover never even see what they did the voice for they don't even care they're just Here's getting the best. paid <laughs> i'll show you this is a montage so he did a bunch of interviews in every interview, he complains about how the cat looks. Like, he was completely consumed with Someone it. said, George, we want you to play a muscular Manx. Did you think immediately, that is me? Absolutely. But you see what, I'm lo what I look like in Balls of Fury, A Legend of Hanks. I am a big samurai. A big, enormously fat samurai. They told me he's a muscular guy. When I saw the drawing of him, he is an ob ob obese fat guy. How can he be a samurai? I'm a great big obese, bigger than life uh, a bodyguard. Would I hang out with Olga? You know, he eats a lot. He's a big guy. I saw this big, fat samurai. I said, no, no, no. How can, how can you ask me to play that? I am a fitness freak. I would teach Olga how to uh, live a better life, how, uh, a healthier life, and to work for He's a better cause. <laughs> He's the best. He's the best. He's completely upset. You know, and he's promoting the movie. I don't even think he got the name of it right. <laughs> the name of the movie, I mean. I know. I wasn't sure how he ended it. Something Fury. What was it? What's the name of this thing? Pause of uh, Fury. It, Pause of Fury. Pause the of Legend Fury. of The Legend of the, Hank. And I think it's the Legend of, of Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> he pluralized it. I don't know. But the uh, so evidently the filmmakers explained to George that his character's muscles were hidden underneath the fat. And George wasn't like George was still complaining because they, they're just trying to fucking appease him. And they said <laughs> underneath that fat, the character's got big muscles. And that's why he's big. <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And when you think of it, that's so true, isn't it? Um, no, no, I'm not no, fat, not <laughs> but I've got my muscles well exposed. <laughs> yeah. You know. Brad gives me the same excuse, and I don't believe him either. Brad says, I'm not fat. I have musculature underneath my chubbiness, but I don't believe it, of course. And then, um, and then George was but upset also. But can you also. really imagine 
going out on a press junket for an animated film and complaining about the drawing. <laughs> well, I mean, being fat is like the most shameful thing you can be in George's but mind. Fat is... He is a character. He's an the, actor. Why are you explaining that to me? Call him up and tell him. <laughs> George was also upset that his character was subservient to a small cat. In other words, oh. he shouldn't be talking to it. He was just not happy with this whole thing. <laughs> I have this project. I have to be a servant to this teeny tiny miniature cat that's very bossy and demand demanding and uh, he has a ego despite his tiny size bigger than a mountain. And he has to have everything that's big. And that's why he hired me. You know what? Uh, <laughs> obese. Ogre. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, yes. You know, you know, it's funny when I listen to that clip, I realized when, when, uh, when George's husband, Brad, describes George, that's exactly what he says about him that he's a small tyrant. <laughs> He's a narcissist. Uh, his brand so talking about really George. really complaining about his own but, personality. Yeah. No, George. George is fun to live with. I mean, he really is. I mean, he's slightly narcissistic. But, I mean, he has a right to be. You know, he thinks... He thinks about himself first, and then me second. Brad, it's time for lunch. He would never think of getting lunch himself. Yeah. Or Brad, there's no fresh blueberries in the refrigerator. Not, well, George, run down to Morton Williams and get fresh blueberries. It's Brad, run down to Morton Williams and get fresh blueberries. So, Brad, I'm out of clean socks. Meaning, Brad, time for you to do the laundry. <laughs> hey, George. It's a disgrace. You know, uh, to play a fat, disgraced, disgusting tabby uh, is horrible. I take physical fitness very seriously. You know, every day I spend an hour in the gym and three hours in the gym locker room. <laughs> oh, now, come on. Be serious. Has he ever heard of Robert De Niro, who gained a bunch of weight to play a character? That's a real actor. That's the reason De Niro has Academy Awards. There's no talking to the man about this. <laughs> I bet he was happy with the paycheck that he got for that movie. I don't know. <laughs> Not enough right, to I'll... play a fat cat. <laughs> when I come back, I do have to take this break. When I come back, I will take the phone calls. I will. I will give you the phony phone call. I will uh, play you a Wolfie's insanely um, deep dark side of the buffet uh, uh, expose. You know what's really good? Uh, I should turn you on to this. I was. Um, I listen on lithium. I told you this a million times, but I listen to Tom Morello's One Man Revolution that he does with his mom, Mary Morello. Uh, it's an hour thing that they do. One hour, he plays all his favorite songs. And the revolution is that he'll play whatever the fuck he wants. Um, he won't let anybody tell him what to play. And But I love the show because... But I he didn't plays a lot. did it with his mom. I've never heard his mom on the show. His mom's on... Then you don't listen. He has it there every time. No, I listened last year. <laughs> okay. Well, even like... I always catch you when you're... <laughs> no, you're I've listened to Tom Morello's show. I've never... All right. Well, you know what you might have heard? He has, I think Tom Morello runs this company, Sirius XM. He has 500 shows. <laughs> he does. He has One Man Revolution. But you might have also heard Tom Morello also has like on the other channels, 
one that he does without his mom. Right. But, um, but anyway, I digress because I was listening to him. And what he does a lot of times is he turns you on to his favorite songs, but then he turns you on to his own music, which I am learning more and more about. But he did this song with Gary Clark Jr., who I think is a genius. But Tom Morello got together with Gary Clark Jr. I think it was over the pandemic. And uh, they wrote this song, Can't Stop the Bleeding. And I was listening to it. And I go, man, this fucking guy is so good. And, you know, I was watching that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And Rage Against the Machine, again, is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I think it's cute that, you know, they put Dolly Parton in and everything. And it was fun to see her up there with Rob. What's that guy's name from uh, Judas Priest? Rob Halford. 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 Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. Dolly Parton was up on stage with Rob Halford doing a <laughs> nine to five. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. That's amazing. I mean, it, it was crazy. I got to see that for, Karen, for I think no it was, other reason. I got to see that. Wasn't it, it nine was to jo- five? No, it was Jolene. Jolene. It was Jolene. Yeah. Which is funny. Crazier. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the guy from Judas Priest was singing uh, Jolene. Jolene, 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 Jolene. Please don't take my man because you can. <laughs> was that hillbilly like looking guy sitting behind her with the big long ZZ top beard? Is that her husband who she keeps hidden away? You know what I'm talking about, Gary? Did you watch the Rock and Roll? I did, and I saw it. I wasn't sure. It was weird. I couldn't tell if that was her husband and her kids, because I don't even know if she has kids. Yeah, there was some dude. Does she have kids? I don't even know. I don't think so. I think she's career-oriented. She gets Uh her children are her songs. (laughs) So, uh, uh, yeah, there was some dude sitting behind her. I know she's married for like 50 years, but she never shows her husband in public. Right. But there was a dude like Looked like like he lived in a van down by the river. I don't uh, think her husband looked showbiz, right? No, I think no. that he is like Dude. way off the the, the, pa- the path uh, in terms of style and and red carpet and all that. Yeah, kind of looked like a dude who might live ne- in the next trailer over from Jeff the Drunk. Right, you like know what he, I mean. He looks like he's there to kidnap Dolly Parton. <laughs> He's like a redneck Stedman. I um, I but I loved him. I was like, you know what, Dolly Parton's kind of cool. That she'd be married. She was like married to a dude that looked like Bigfoot. (laughs) 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 But it was kind of cool. It was like, wow, she's hardcore. You know, she's hardcore. She's from Butcher Holler, and that's proof. (laughs) Is that where she's from? I think. But anyway, they um, say she's from. But I was watching. Oh, that's, and I go, what? That, that's Loretta Lynn, Robin. Oh, Loretta Lynn's Butcher Hall. Where's Dolly? <laughs> Next town over. <laughs> Dollywood. <laughs> but uh, no, I was listening to Tom Morello and he was playing this collaboration with Gary Clark Jr. And I go, you know, this fucking guy is really good. Which guy are you talking about? Now you got Tom two Morello. guys. Okay. And so is Gary Clark Jr. In fact, that would be a... Remember I was talking to Bruce Springsteen about a super group, and I thought Tom Morello... Because when Gary. Bruce and Tom Morello play together, there's a real energy I see Bruce getting from that. I mean, it looks that way anyway. And what about Gary Clark Jr., Tom Gary. Morello, Bruce, Neil Young, and... uh I don't know, but I heard from Tom Morello. He said, hey, keep that idea of the super group going. He liked it. Yeah? He liked it, yeah. That would be cool. He wants but that. Okay. He wants it. 
So I, you know, I'm for it. But anyway, this song I thought was pretty good. That was the point of me bringing all this up. Can't stop the bleeding. That's some. Uh, that's a a pretty good hook right there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those two dudes There's were nothing jamming. wrong with any of this. No, yeah. it gets you right away. That's what I'm telling you. Coming at you. I'll play you the hook here. Good. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Springsteen did mention in the interview that he would like to play with John Fogarty in a potential supergroup. So John Fogarty, oh, who's fantastic, uh, Bruce, Tom Morello, and um, Gary Clark Jr. There's your group, and then we got to get a drummer, Lars from uh, Metallica. Well, there I you mean, go. is everybody playing lead guitar? <laughs> Now, what are you talking about? <laughs> Who's your drummer? What are you doing? I said Lars. Oh, Lars. I forgot. I, I didn't hear that. And Michael Anthony on bass. Okay, Michael Anthony gets yeah, it. Yeah, right. Oh, God, come on, I got this all worked out. I'll produce. Paul McCartney's never been in a super group, has he? But no. He hasn't been in it. I don't think you can get him. He's tough. Listen to this. But he's a bass player. That's true. Listen to it. I was surprised that Bruce didn't mention Sting. Yeah, well, listen, we spoke for two and a half hours. Couldn't mention everybody, but we got to a lot of people. Uh, One of the questions I wanted to ask Bruce in that interview uh, was, was Sting the guy? I had always heard this. I don't know where I heard it. Right. Sting the guy responsible for you putting out solo albums because Sting turned to him. I heard the story went that Sting was sitting with Bruce at one of these dinner things for charity and they were friends. And Sting said, you know, going solo was the best thing I ever did. And Sting said, you don't need the E Street Band. You could go solo. And Bruce went, you know what the fuck? I'll do it. <laughs> Which, uh, by the way, uh, is true. I mean, Bruce does not need a band. He doesn't. He proved it in that interview. You know, he could sit there with his guitar and play stuff, but um, he could do both. But anyway, that was the story. He likes I meant. doing both, I think. Yeah. But I was going to ask Bruce that, but, you know, about 50,000 other things came up. So next Yeah, time, but when, he, when you were asking about who he likes to play with, he never, he didn't mention Sting. And well, I know he like, was in that rainforest deal with them for a long, right. long time and they played together a lot him and james taylor and sting anyway i'm watching this rock and roll hall of fame and uh yeah dolly parton first of all i'll tell you what i observed dolly parton looks damn good for 77 and i know i, I i'm not making a joke but I don't think there's a part of Dolly Parton that is actually 77 years old. I think like her titties are probably 10 years old. That's robo Dolly. I think everything is manufactured. I don't know. I think there's one of her knees. I think it's her left knee is 77 years old. That's the only thing they found. But she looks good, man. I mean, I am not a fan of um, plastic surgery on people, men or women. But uh, I'll tell you, whatever she did. Do you not think that people should age gracefully? 
if they can. I do. I mean, look at me. Just let it happen. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I look at myself and I go, Jesus, I mean, I'm not doing any plastic surgery, but Jesus Christ, my neck could use a lift. My fucking, you know, I'm fucking falling apart. You look good. I tell you, you're older look, than me and you look I've good. I've got issues. I don't think so. I mean, what I I'm do. seeing right I now, do. I don't know. I don't see the, the titties, the, the face. You don't have a wrinkle. Please. What is your issue? Neck, you know, it's yeah, could be tighter. <laughs> well, listen, we're not 20 years old. Don't get me wrong. I was looking at a picture of you from way back when we were doing the TV show on Channel 9. Jesus, you were ripped. You had gotten into shape. Jitties. You were like a little sex spot running around <laughs> there in those outfits. Jitties. I remember that. No one's forgotten that. But anyway, Dolly Parton looked good. But you do end up doing that weird thing. You go, wait a second, Tom Morello in Rage Against the Machine is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Isn't or, he one of the guys who is on yeah. the nominating committee? Yeah, they always get nominated, but they haven't been voted. Oh, so nobody votes. And then... The, these two guys who are geniuses, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, they they put together, they did all the um, uh, Janet, Janet Jackson, Jackson uh, albums. They did it like they they bec- they were in the original. I think were they in time? Prince, the, the Prince yes. band, yeah. yeah, yes. Jimmy Jam and uh, Terry Lewis were in the Prince's band that he put together at the time. And then they said, fuck it, let's go do our own thing. And they became big time producers and they produced people like Janet Jackson. So Janet Jackson inducted Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis into the Rock Roll Hall of Fame. She walked out. She had a hairdo. I've never, I don't even know how she could support this hairdo with her head. (laughs) It was, did you see it? It was piled up so high. I'm not fucking with you. I am not. I'm not making an exaggeration. It looked like the Leaning Tower of Pisa on the top of her fucking head. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, how is she? And then, like, when she would, like, even bend over to read her notes about Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, it was like, her whole fucking hair, her whole head's got to break off. The hair must have weighed 500. It was, it was obviously a wig, I assume. You know, I'm, I'm guessing. But a creation, a hair it was creation. Cre- Rob, you never saw anything like this. Why would she do that? was very interesting i mean i guess to get people talking about her i don't know it sounds i think very it was las vegas to us i feel like i should do this with my hair i got <laughs> i build something build something on top like a big nest on top i see birds landing <laughs> Howard, i think she was recreating uh one of the album covers i think her first album cover but no. um just no just, she she did i don't remember any janet jackson album i'm a big janet jackson fan i loved her stuff uh, I never saw hair like this that high up. I mean, it literally was. If you okay to to describe it, like her face is a certain size, and then five yeah. of her heads <laughs> up would be the hair. It was it was crazy. Mar- it was like Marge Simpson, like that kind of yeah, like Marge, ridiculous size. Marge Simpson has a short haircut compared to <laughs> Janet Jackson. <laughs> But Howard, so I, I just want to like take, I want to tell you really quick. So Jimmy Jam is a huge fan of the show and he was on, oh. uh, he was on summer school this summer, like, and just such a talented guy. But him and Terry Lewis were in the time, Mars Day in the time, you know, and that was Prince's band. Yeah. And Prince is like, I don't want you guys doing anything else ever. And right. he's like, you know, these two guys are like, so they snuck out 
like while they were on tour to go produce this song called Just Be Good to Me for the SOS band, which became a huge hit. And Prince found out and he fired them. And then they just That's went on to produce huh? Prince could be a real dick, I guess, huh? Yeah, he could, <laughs> you know, right down to the don't look at me. You know, he was a mess. And uh, speaking of Bruce, Bruce Springsteen did a beautiful speech for Jimmy Iovine. Jimmy Iovine was his producer on some of his legendary work. And then they had, um, you know, looks good. Lenny Kravitz came out. And Lionel Richie's on some kind of role. He was at the American Music Awards, and Stevie Wonder and Charlie Puth did a tribute to Lionel Richie. And man, was it good. I loved it. It was the two guys, Stevie Wonder and Charlie Puth, sitting at a piano, and they were playing Lionel Richie songs, trading off. Wow. And I loved it. And uh, it was terrific. And then Lionel Richie was honored at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So all of a sudden, I think, you know, Lionel Richie doing the voice or whatever show he's on. The, the no, American he's on Idol. American Idol. Yeah. Yeah. He I think it sort of revived him. Everyone's thinking he's cool and, and they're honoring him and all that kind of thing. And they remember him. But Lenny Kravitz came out. This guy, I don't know what he's doing. Boy, does he look good. How old is Lenny Kravitz? This motherfucker is like, he must be, he must be drinking the blood of young children. But, you know, he's got that bone structure. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always looked good. He's, and he's c- continued to look good. He hasn't really done, had to do yeah. anything to himself. Well, he's kept it come together. On. What? He, well, first of all, when you say he has bone structure, that means I have no bone structure. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz has bone structure, and I'm the opposite. <laughs> the guy, oh, here, he's 58 years old. The uh-huh. dude's still ripped. I don't know what he's doing in the gym, but he's maintaining the the rock and roll physique. He's got yeah. the clothes and the heels and the whole fucking deal. He can still get good. away with those outfits, you know, like where you see some people, they shouldn't be wearing those outfits anymore. Lenny can still wear them. Who's Lenny fucking? That's another guy who flies under the radar. You know, he gets tons of hot He's Who's... being very quiet now. Uh, mm. You know, I'm sure there's people. Right. But he, you don't hear about it. Yeah. I'm looking at the Janet Jackson hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> you looked it up? Oh, my goodness. That's that puts another like eight inches on her height. She's now seven feet tall. You know what? Remember, we met her in person. She's not that tall. No. That's why she built that hairdo. It's a whole (laughs) system. And uh, you go next to her, you go, you know, I didn't realize Janet Jackson's like could be a basketball player. She's like, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Yeah. It's some look. I mean, you know. That's but anyway, so uh, Lenny Kravitz inducted uh, Lionel Richie into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then Dave Grohl got up and played with Lionel Richie. So Lionel Richie's cool now. You know, like all these guys are honoring him. And, you know, I well, mean, good the, for Lionel. Yeah, no, his his fucking catalog is insane. Yeah. I mean, in terms of pop hits between the Commodores and, and being Lionel Richie and then writing shit for Kenny Rogers. And uh, and other people, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And Pat Benatar was sounding real good. She was singing with her husband Neil Geraldo, Geraldo, and uh, and Carly Simon 
finally got inducted. She should have been in years ago. Long time ago, yeah. But she didn't go because her, both her sisters died in the same week. Can you fucking I imagine know, that? I know, it's crazy. When I heard that, yeah. I was like, what a horror. Yeah. And then Eminem, and he was good. They were all pretty good. And uh, what's this? Alanis Morissette. I didn't know this. What's this note? Alanis Morissette dropped out of her performance with Olivia Rodrigo in a tribute to Carly Simon due to sexism amongst the production team. I don't know anything about that. Is that true? I did read something it about is. her getting upset about something during i don't know maybe rehearsals or something mm. and then she dropped out wow i bet you olivia, olivia rodrigo was pissed because she probably was planning on a duet well whatever mm. Well, anyway, that was that. I don't have much I more to say about I'm it. I'm wondering what could have been happening that she, you know, felt like dropping out was the thing to do. Sexism. No, no, no. I mean, what actually was happening? Yeah, I know what. I know what happened. What? Sexism. Sexism. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. When I do watch it, I do kind of go like I still believe. I had and Dolly Parton would agree. I believe because she was kind of shocked they inducted her. But I would think Soundgarden, Rage Against the Machine, I always bring this name up, Jethro Tull. Soundgarden isn't in? No, Jethro Tull was a great band. Tons of fucking killer albums. <laughs> I'm not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> and Dolly Parton is. This whole thing is bullshit. How hard do I have to rock to beat Jolene? <laughs> Even Cindy Lauper's not in. What? And the B-52s. I wrote this iconic riff. And I don't get jack shit. I'll name the Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction. They're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I have a plan to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What do you have to sneak in? I'll sneak in. <laughs> I'll sneak in in Janet Jackson's hair. <laughs> then they can't keep me out. And I'll agree to duet with Olivia Rodrigo and then claim sexism. <laughs> Willie Nelson isn't in either, and I put him in oh. sooner than a lot of other people. <laughs> I'm just saying. And I'd like to hang out with Dolly Parton's husband in the audience. Because <laughs> he seems kind of cool in a weird way. But he doesn't give a shit. I'll spend Dolly's money. And then I'll duet on Jolene with every, with Rob Halford and Pat Benatar. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Knock that off. We go all day. Oh, <laughs> uh, you watching, uh, uh, I don't want to get into it. I, you know what? I'm sick and tired of people telling me what to watch. I got a list of fucking things. Yeah. Well, I saw a show. I said Howard would love this show, but I don't. wonder if he would. Actually watch it.
I think I once watched one of your shows. You told me to watch oh, it. Oh, no, I've it. given you good shows. You Name devil. one. <laughs> Breaking Bad. Get out of here. You turned me yeah, on to Breaking I'm Bad? I'm not getting out of here. I told you about Breaking Bad. How dare you? <laughs> I told you about it. You know, you know what it is? Get out of here. You always claim credit for shit I can't remember. Get out of here. So I, how can I argue with you? I'm like, no, she did? but... but Gangs of London. Good stuff. You you know how you love a violent revenge yes, kind of love it. This is it's a TV show. There's like two seasons. It's crazy violent yeah. and really it. well done. I started watching the uh, the, the the Crown. You know the English show. I haven't. Yeah. Uh, I watched the first couple of episodes and then. I stopped. Not that into it. Not that into it. I well, like I have the, to. I have to be in the right mood. I'm not in the mood for it yet. I'm not crazy about the Lady Diana chick. She uh, yeah, she doesn't look like. You know who she looks Diana. like? A little olive oil from Popeye. Yeah, she's kind of spindly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember <laughs> the Lady Di being uh, that sort of awkward. I don't know. I'm having a little hard time with it, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to keep watching it. I'll, like I'll go time. back to it, but yeah. I was just that's like, a, eh, I'm not ready for that yet. Well, that's a bad sign because, you know, with the other seasons, you couldn't stop watching. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait yeah. for them to come back. But maybe it's the yeah. Queen's death. I don't know. I was just watching? about to read this article where the, they were saying the Queen knew it was her time and she was ready to go. But I haven't read the article yet. That's all bullshit. People, People never want to go, especially if you're queen. What a lifestyle, man! What a racket! Ooh. I'd love to be royalty. Never have like to work. you really got to be in bad shape to be wanting to live that, leave that life, right? Yeah, I don't understand that kid, that Prince Harry dude. Man, he's fucking crazy. Wait till he wakes up and realizes. Like after you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe she's got him in a pussy coma, but uh, one day he's gonna. No, wake up I go, think he's fuck? already realized it. Yeah. Because you know he can't he can't go visit his family for Christmas. You know, he can't, awesome. you know he Plus can hardly get to his grandmother's funeral. You know, like it, life is shut down on him in a certain way that he knew as his regular way of life. He's got to rebuild. I hope she fucks him every day because he'd be, I'd be like I I fucking walked away from being Prince Harry. You better fuck me right now. If I, I did this for you. Honey, it's time for your blowjob. Your walk away right. blowjob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, walk away blowjob. That's what you call it. It's four o'clock every day. Walk away blowjob. But, uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Does he get to go back to the family? This is a terrible yeah. question. I'm admitting it's a terrible question. Yeah, he does. Does he get to if go he, back to the he, family yeah. after the divorce? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But well, who gets tail, the kids though? See, this is the thing. They send those kids to boarding school. They never see them. That's what happens. <laughs> those families, kids, the kids were off. The kids, kids get out of the house when they're ten. Oh man, I would have loved to have gone to boarding school when I was a kid. I hated living with my parents. I would have done well in boarding school. They should have got me right out of there. I was thinking about that yesterday, and I said, "Yeah, it was like being in prison. I yeah. served." 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Hard time. That's hard time. <laughs> That's hard Our whole time. childhood. That's how I look at it. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. But uh, when this Prince Harry wakes up, that pussy spell is going to wear off eventually. And But until it does, I hope 
I hope four o'clock is. I hope at four o'clock she goes. Time for me to swallow the royal load. This guy left his family, and the, you know when I'm watching the crown, that most of the royals they run around all day trying to find something to keep them busy because they got yeah. so much free time. It's right. They write books. They fix fucking carts. They they don't know what to do at a time because they got so much free time. It's so nice. I love that lifestyle. Live in a fucking castle, get my own castle, order well, around a bunch of people. This is why they fight for things like, let me drive my own car, because right. I have nothing to do if you nothing. drive me. I'm, I'm good at doing nothing. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm jealous. I'm just jealous. Uh, but anyway, what was I going to do? Let me take a couple of these phone calls. Let me read you some of the, the mail. A lot of people, by the way, wrote in about... Uh, Bruce Springsteen on HBO last night, and they were kind of psyched. And thank you for being psyched. I was psyched, too. My whole goal was to make sure a lot of people see this thing outside of the Sirius XM universe, you know, because I thought it was that important. Yeah, I and, guess what um, I'll do today is just pull it up on demand on uh, HBO Max. Or you can watch it on the it outside. I know, but I want to see it out Outside? There. Yeah. You might look different on uh, their their I don't know. I got to see. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. (laughs) Um, But the SiriusXM app has it. I should thank a bunch of people that, you know, in order to put this thing together, it's not so easy. Like, I just don't sit at home and snap my fingers and say, hey, let's put the Bruce Springsteen thing on HBO. It takes a, it took a village, you know, Scott Greenstein, Jennifer Witts. Um, uh, Greg Mafai, who I called up and I said, Greg, please help me. I want to get who this is thing. Who is Greg Mafai? Whoa. Now, now you better apologize. I'm He's sorry. got around here. What are you talking sorry, about? Sorry, Greg Mafai. Oh, man. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Are you in- <laughs> oh, I feel bad when you go in for a race. Oh, man. <laughs> Holy mackerel. How am I supposed to know Greg Mafai? He's never walked up to me and said hello. Don't worry, Robin. We're going to edit this out of the show. You don't want that. You don't want to hear me. What does Greg Mafai do? uh, What does God do? What does God do? (laughs) What does he do? Did he create the earth? God? He's the creator. Right. Well, that's who that is. (laughs) It's actually Greg Maffei. Latina uh, see, now you're really, you're ta- now you're going to send me out pronouncing his name wrong. Well, I don't, you know, I don't say the name God in vain and I don't say Greg Maffei in vain. So I say <laughs> Greg Maffei so I don't get in trouble. Well, good luck getting a raise around here or concert tickets or any kind of special treatment. But if you don't know who that is, he's the guy, he's the guy. He's the guy. of us all. He's the guy. He owns it all. You know, him and, uh. Oh, anyway, he's the president and CEO of uh, Liberty Media. He's a big deal. So anyway, and then maybe he did walk up to me and say hello. Yeah. Yeah. He's the man. Greg. (laughs) And then. Sorry, Greg. You know, he's the only man in America with Taylor Swift tickets. He's the only one who got him. He he, that's how he he got right through because he's Greg. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Now, anyway, so Greg uh, got on the phone to Zaz. And Zaz was in uh, one of the board meetings. And you know who Zaz is, right? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> what happened to you? No wonder you don't get special treatment around you. You don't know Zaz? I don't know anybody. 
Wow. <laughs> well, you are just living in a cocoon, aren't you? Yes. You know, and you're gonna you be guys over... keep me here. So listen to this. Greg Maffei goes, I'm going to make this happen. And he picked up the phone to Zaz, who was in a board meeting. And Zaz said, hey, man, I'm putting this on HBO. And then the big kahuna at HBO. Who's the big deal at HBO? We're not moving on with the show till you say his name. And how oh, it you better end the show. Wow. <laughs> because I'm a little behind on knowing who runs HBO. Will oh, okay. Fistigash? Willie Fistigash. <laughs> That's again. right. That was the Fistigash. last one I knew. And I know no. he's not there anymore. David Zaslav is president and CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery. And this guy, he, and, and then he and Casey Bloys were talking. Casey Bloys, who runs HP. Boy, oh boy, no wonder, no wonder I gotta go running around making all these deals. You're over there fasting. <laughs> and Casey Bloys and the whole HBO team said, we want it. And then, uh, it got on. So there was a lot of people, and I'm, I'm not even mentioning. 50% of the other people who got involved in this thing. I'm just giving you a couple of the big, big hitters. This is terrible. You don't know any of these people. Uh, you don't tell me these things. Well, listen, who tells me? Nobody. I just figured it out. <laughs> um, and then I want to thank uh, Eton Snatch and uh, <laughs> Eileen Ulick and uh, all the uh, other people's uh, Salty Load and uh, other people. Hey, would you people. blow me? <laughs> right. Hey, would you blow me? You are uh, all on board. Yeah, they were all there. Uh, Lou Bup, uh, was there <laughs> at the meeting. <laughs> no, but a lot of great people, uh, were involved in this and I'm grateful to them for, uh, you know, all their input and help and, and I especially thank want to you, thank, thank Shay. You, thank you, thank you, yes, thank, thank you, you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank, uh, Shay Verpus <laughs> and, uh, Harry Bunghole. Thank you. Thank you, my mistress. Thank you. Betty Foxgood and others. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh there's my girl. You don't have to name all the board members. Curly Pubes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Marianne from Brooklyn. Go ahead. Willie Sister Guys. I had to say that, Howard. Howard, happy Thanksgiving. And I cannot believe, Robin, we have a whole new platform. HBO Howard. I stayed up last night. I ate two hostess cupcakes. I couldn't oh. believe the, the visual with... You know, him playing the piano and speaking to you like the two of you were best friends forever. And every single word, Howard, was, like, incredible. I stayed on my couch. I watched it. I loved it. I, I can't Thank believe, you. Howard, we have you on HBO now. What do you think about that? I think it was great. I, we know oh what I think God, about it. Have, and, oh, Jennifer Witz is on the phone, our boss. Oh. Go ahead. Yes, Miss Witz. Thank you for your help on this, by the way. She, of course, was very, very... For this, what did whole she idea. think of this whole thing? Yeah, goddamn right, you owe me a thank you, Stern. Who's the best boss you've ever had? Come on, say it. Oh, absolutely, you, Jennifer. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna debate it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right, you little bitch. Wit, Jennifer Wit. Who writes your check, Stern? Say Jennifer Wits. Jennifer Wits. That's right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And don't forget, I own your ass through 2025, so don't get any more big ideas with HBO. <laughs> oh, I know. Listen, I know. I, I know if I want to do something on HBO, I got to come to. All right. All right. Thank you, Jennifer. Now, who do you love? Don't you hang up on me, Stern? Tell 
Tony, who do you love? And say it with a little more enthusiasm this time. Who do you I love? love Jennifer Witz. <laughs> Robin, what about you, sweetheart? Give it to me. Come on. She doesn't know who anybody is. She's, uh, she didn't even <laughs> know who Greg Maffei is. Jennifer Witz. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's good. Who's better than Jim Myers? Say it. Come on. Come on, both of you. Come on. Oh, what? boy. All right. One, Enough two, three. Jennifer Witz. Jennifer Witz. <laughs> Oh, Greg Maffei, he's the big... I can't believe you don't know... Maffei, Maffei, what are you doing, Maffei. Greg Maffei? I don't say his name in vain. <laughs> you went to Dartmouth and Harvard Business School? You got to respect that. I respect that. Yeah. You just got to tell me, what am I, you know... Chairman of the board for almost 10 years, and you are uh, oblivious over there in your, in your castle. <laughs> Okay. What's the matter with you? I'm gonna go read now the um, those yearly annual reports, and I'm gonna learn every board member's name and every yeah. CEO's name. He was the CFO at Microsoft. Uh, That's a big deal. The fuck yeah! He must know what he does. <laughs> I bet you he's good at math. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Greg Maffei is good at math. Like, like, if you say to him, like, what's, uh, let's say a train is going 65 miles an hour southbound, uh -huh. and another train is going 25 miles an hour eastbound, uh, what <laughs> time do they meet? meet? <laughs> yeah, They'll right. Never meet. <laughs> well, it's a cockeyed train. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. He probably, I wonder what, I wonder what he got on his SATs. Oh, he Harvard uh, uh, Business yeah. School, and what was the other one? Uh, Dartmouth. Oh, yeah, he did well. See, I follow oh, Microsoft. Unless he was grandfathered in somehow. He must know his gazintas. Like, if you said to him, <laughs> what's 25, how many times is 25 gazinta, uh, I don't know, 100? He could answer you, like, in a second. Well, you could answer that, can't you? Well, I don't want to show off. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. Let's sorry, go to Daniel. Greg yeah, I'll no, say Robin. sorry all day. Nah, she know who it was. She was just doing that for a bit, I'm sure. <laughs> you think Greg Maffei knows the square root of 144? He probably does. Oh, probably, yeah. yeah. Probably right off the top of his head. Yeah. I could figure it out, but it would take me a whole show. <laughs> hey, Daniel, what's up? Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey now. Hey now. You get hey now. you get one choice, Howard. You can either be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or you could be honored at the Kennedy Center Kennedy Kennedy Center honor. Holy shit. Mm. Well Robin made a good argument that I should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You could be. You could have a Kennedy Center honor too. Everybody's yeah, saying I got to pick one. I mean, not I don't know why you have to pick. Do other people pick? Can't yeah, why do I have to pick? Why does he yeah. have to pick? Yeah, I want both. <laughs> you know, at the Kennedy Center honors, when they show the real of your life's accomplishments, so you know, oh can you imagine my real? <laughs> that shut the whole place down. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> see like the Bongo Fiesta. Yeah, see the president leave the uh, the the actual ceremony when that elephant just takes a crap. Yeah, 
<laughs> Jessica Hahn like in three D, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> or what about the decathlon where the dick oh, all the dick boy. uh I yeah. hope they'll show rapping granny on the Sibian. No, you know what'd be better than that? I was like yeah, yeah, like I'm at getting my Kennedy Center honors and like that deep voice guy comes on and goes, you know, like Howard Stern changed broadcasting history. Then you, they cut to the cum hat where like Sal is cum, <laughs> we're measuring the amount of cum. You know. <laughs> uh, or the the what was the competition where the grandfathers and the grandkids yeah. were trying oh, to get, get my the grandpa laid. laid? Yeah. Yeah, get my grandfather laid. Wasn't that where dads were stripping their daughters in order to oh, that was it's just wrong. That, Some of yeah, my greatest yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just wrong. Right. Yeah. Or or you know. Howard Stern changed the face of broadcasting. And then, cut, and then they cut to Wendy the slow adult shitting herself, you know. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know. Never in the universe had we experienced a lesbian dating game. <laughs> Stern was not without controversy when he got fired from NBC for bestiality dial-a-date. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think yeah. that uh, the Kennedy Center honors, that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> and then came the move to Sirius XM, where his first innovation was the crap-tacular weighing hyperics feces. That's right. Yes, that was a huge innovation on my part when we weighed <laughs> high pitch Eric's bowel movements to see just how much feces he could uh, accumulate. And then Will the Farter farted in his own mother's face. That was, uh, you know, I wasn't sure if that was wrong to do. But perhaps his greatest accomplishment was anal ring toss. Yes. You see, this was something I dreamt up in the shower. Actually, I'd seen it on the internet and thought I needed to bring it to a wider audience. And then Beetlejuice shaved his balls and teabagged a porn star. Yes, I thought some in the audience might enjoy that. And then Gary Delabate got squirted in the eye with pussy juice. <laughs> Thank you for the Kennedy Center honor. I welcome, uh, I welcome it and can't wait to display it in my home. There was, <laughs> and then the biggest hemorrhoid contest. I, I remember oh, when Sal bent over and I saw that big giant hemorrhoid in his ass. And then Perez Hilton stuck his finger in Benji's ass. Yes, yes. Many people felt they had never heard Gross. radio like this before. Right, right, right. What about prostate karaoke or whatever yes. the hell that was called? That actually was <laughs> prostate karaoke. Yeah, so I would like uh, the Kennedy Center honor and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Thank you. <laughs> Not to mention the small penis contest or the worst penis injury contest or uh, or what about when Benji jerks off Richard and Sal? All of that could be presented. Oh, my you. God. How, what was that uh, contest where, you know, you see how before the guy will jump up off the couch because you're about to touch his oh, penis. Gay chicken. Thank oh, you, yes. Robin. One of my greatest innovations. <laughs> <laughs> what about the, the little clip of uh, George Takei playing What's in My Pouch where he had to squeeze his oh, cock boy. to figure out what was in his foreskin. And then he pulled out, a, I think, a calendar. <laughs> an, ab <laughs> an abacus. <laughs> an advent calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. 
Hey, Wayne, in Tennessee. How are you, Good Wayne? Good morning. Fine, morning. sir. How are you today? Morning, Good morning, everybody. Hey, now. Uh, hey, now. Uh, transplanted in Tennessee, born and hey raised now. in Jackson, Jackson, born and raised in Jackson Heights, Queens. Uh, I just mm. wanted to say. How is prepared. that? How is that? Jackson what? Heights. Wonderful. Yeah, Jackson from Jackson Heights, Heights to Tennessee. <laughs> I lived in Jackson Heights when I was born. That's right. I know. I know exactly. Uh, it was it's different. Growing up in Jackson Heights in the fifties, it was a typical middle class Jewish neighborhood. It's evolved since then. I got out and moved down to Nashville in about nineteen eighty four, and of course I'm in the country music business, so uh. it was it was, a, it was a right place to be. What do uh. you do? I'm an entertainment lawyer. I've worked at Capitol Records. I've worked at DreamWorks Records. Um, I'm an entertainment lawyer, Howard. Wow. No kidding. I respect yeah. that. You know, it's, nobody gets more screwed over in bad contracts than entertainers, uh, whether they're in music. Sometimes it's being by entertainment lawyers. I hope you were an upright guy. <laughs> you you know mean? what? I, yeah. I, I tell my clients, I'm not the shark. I'm not the guy that you hire to get you everything you think you want. You have to figure out what's a fair deal. And both sides have to give something, and both sides have to lose something. Oh, then I don't want you as my Yeah, yeah, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) A fair deal. Fuck, I don't want to hear about a fair deal. I I know what's fair for me. Never mind that. All right, Wayne, what can I do for you, by the way? I just wanted wanted to give you a quick shout-out to the the Bruce Springsteen interview. Of course, I listened to it live. Of course, I listened to it on the app. Uh, but watching it the other night on HBO, I am just predicting that you're going to win an Emmy for your performance. You, yeah. And, yeah, I won't get I an Emmy. So. They, 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 Stop I don't it! Know. Eh, 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 eh. Uh, you think I got a shot? Absolutely. I really do. I, I think and it was marvelous. HBO, <laughs> HBO well, is a perfect spot because they get recognized. Well, first uh, of for all, those kind of awards. I got to bring Bruce with me because if I get the Emmy, it's Bruce too that gets the Emmy. That's so, right. I mean, yeah. you think Bruce doesn't want an Emmy? So what does that mean? Do we have to share the podium and uh, give a joint speech? Uh, you have to I, use the same microphone just like he does on stage with little Steven. And give you a <laughs> little Steven gets a little too close to Bruce when he's singing. That's my point. But, but hey... Um, yeah, but I I think I would uh, um, want Bruce to speak first, and then I would go second. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for what you do for all of us fans, and you're just uh, you and Robin just bring us great joy every day. So thank you very much, Howard. And, and I would you, prefer Wayne that uh, the Academy understands if both of us are speaking. I want my full time. I don't want to be played off by music. I would be very right, insulted. Right, because w- if you let Bruce Springsteen speak first, they're going to let yeah. him go. And the moment you open your mouth, they're going to start playing. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> Bruce is going to make a beautiful speech. Because, I, by the way, Bruce made a great speech for um, uh, Jimmy Iovine. Even Iovine yeah. went on and he goes, ah, shit, I can't top that. So Bruce is eloquent <laughs> with words. So he's yeah. going to make his speech. And then I'm going to go, yeah, I would. And <laughs> By the way, I just wanted to say, uh, hello, I just want to say that, hello, I just want to get a word in edgewise here, Uh, hello, please, just give me a minute, I just want to thank uh, a couple of people, a nightmare, it's going to be a nightmare. Uh, That might get me to come out of my house, I'll I'll, I'll go with Bruce, that's cool. Bruce is the only person that can get you out of the house. You know what would be a great routine? Like, Bruce and I go up to accept the Emmy, 
and Bruce makes this beautiful speech. And then I go, and then the music starts, and, I, and I'm yelling to try to get my speech out. And then all of a sudden, they, they wheel out one of those catapults that from the <laughs> olden days, and they catapult me off the stage. <laughs> I would love that. Or, or they get one of those big canes and hook me yeah, around or, the neck. Yeah, or a hook. You know, a hook yeah. swings out from backstage and just catches you and hauls you off. Or maybe maybe they just build in a trap door in the stage and then they just open it up and I fall. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe they should have that for everyone they want to play. Oh, they just drop through the floor. No, they'd only do that to me. It'd be great. Like Bruce makes his speech and then I start, the music comes up, and then like two security guys come out and start tasing me to drag me off the stage. <laughs> you know, like just whack me. Uh, that'd be good. I'd actually I'd actually endorse that. That'd be fun. <laughs> And then, like, and then, and then I'm down on the ground screaming, and Will Smith comes up and smacks me in the head. <laughs> All right, thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Howard. Thank you, Robin. Thank you. Wayne's got to uh, adjust his attitude if he's going to be a great uh, entertainer. Right. He's or... he's trying to make everybody happy. No, you you make your client happy. You never walk into a meeting with me and say, listen, we just want to be fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fair. Uh, anyway. Um, oh, in the mail, I did want to mention this. You remember a, la a week ago, I played clips of a 1930s blues singer, Lucille Bogan's raunchy party records. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And I was telling you how on TikTok, kids have rediscovered these party records. They're really filthy, dirty records from the 1930s. And, uh, fans love when Chris Wilding was doing his impression of Lucille. <laughs> I loved hearing Chris. Uh, talk, talk, take us behind the scenes of that Lucille Bogan impersonation. So a lot of fans wrote that. Um, but, uh, one fan wrote me, he says, Hey, Howard, after hearing your bit about that dirty old blues singer, I couldn't help but notice a Rolling Stones connection. Keith and Mick were huge blues fans. The final line in Start Me Up has to be an homage to that Make a Dead Man Come song you were playing. Yeah. Uh, that was from Shave Em Dry. Right. This is the song. Yeah. This is um, Lucille Bogan saying the line, make a dead man come from Shave and Drop. I got something between my legs, I'll make a dead man come. Oh, daddy. And then, you know, Baby, start me. Won't you shave him dry. That's unbelievable. And, uh, and the Rolling Stones said, you know. Won't you grind me, baby? All right, Lucille. Here's the uh, stone. Yeah, there it is. You make a dead man come. Uh, some other listeners wrote in with their memories of other party records. We were talking about all these. I used to listen to Red Fox party records. They were Pig fucking Meat, great. Pigmeat Markham. There were a bunch of them. Pigmeat Markham had a party record? Yeah, I think he made he party records. All those guys that Flip Wilson used to have on, I think they were party record guys. Hmm. I knew Red Fox did. I didn't know. Anyway, um, everyone started writing us in about stuff. Howard, these old party records were amazing. I remember finding a copy of Please Warm My Wiener by Bo Carter when I was a kid. I never heard this one. Please Warm My Wiener. He was also a blues singer from the 30s. When we first heard it, we nearly wore the record out playing it back over and over again. Here's some of that. 
Please warm my wiener by Bo Carter. If you want my wiener, you give me ease all up in my mind. Baby, please warm my wiener. Oh, warm my wiener. Won't you just warm my wiener? Cause he really don't feel right cold. Boy. <laughs> now listen here, sweet baby. If you want my wiener, one time you'd want me to warm him again. Baby, please warm my wiener. Oh, warm my wiener. Won't you just warm my wiener? Cause he really don't feel right cold. Not bad. Yeah. O. Carter, 1935. Uh, I was just thinking to myself, these are, are people who couldn't write good songs. <laughs> they just said, I'll be dirty instead. Oh, uh, hey, it works. We're Please warm my wiener because it don't like being cold. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Howard, I remember the old doo-wop song called The Rotten Cocksucker's Ball. I guess there's a lot what? of these records... The lyrics were wild. You will always think of the 50s. This is from 1950 as a pure and innocent time. Well, think again. Here it is. The rotten, I haven't heard this one yet. The rotten cocksucker's ball from the Clovers from the 1950s. Well, I said, come on, cocksucker, Sammy, get your motherfucking man. We're going downtown to the cocksucker's ball. Fuck, suck, and fight. Tell the beginning of the broad daylight We don't need no goddamn Taxi fairies on a trend Them hoes in a rocking chair Take off all the I don't know what the fuck they're saying, honestly Did you? are going to the cocksucker's ball, that's all I got yeah. It wasn't that good <laughs> I didn't like that one because I want to hear the lyric much, Yeah, you know, you can't hear the words Yeah, I like, I like Bo Carter Gets right to it. Suck my dick. Keep it warm. What's the woman's name? Because she was real clear. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Lucille Brogan. Dead man come from... Yeah, I don't have all her songs. A... I got someone between my legs. I'll make a dead man come out. Daddy. Baby, won't you shave him dry? No, no, no. Want you to grind me, baby. Grind me until I cry. Say I fucked all night and all the night before, baby. And I she's feel good. just like I want you, you know what she's talking about. Right. You you get it right away. Yep. Not trying anyway, to Anyway, a lot of people a lot of people like those dirty songs, and they like Chris Wilding doing his impression, and uh, very nice. Yeah, most of this stuff is about Bruce Springsteen and Neil Young, too. People writing in, they enjoyed Neil Young when he was on. A um, whole bunch of nice comments about Neil. And, uh, oh, this is interesting. What? Howard, I tuned into the Howard Stern interview with Bruce Springsteen on HBO for what was just going to be a few minutes. That was two hours ago. It's so engrossing. Howard needs to write a note to my boss explaining why I'll be dragging my ass at the office Monday morning. How nice. <laughs> right after the interview aired, you know, the guy, that guy, Matt Friend, who does an impression of me. Yes. Yeah. He posted a video to social media of fake Howard Stern talking with fake Bruce Springsteen. Matt did both voices. Very creative. Oh, wow. Let me hear that. You there you go. That? 
Here's the Howard Stern, Bruce Springsteen impersonation. All right. So, Bruce Springsteen. I got to tell you, I mean, Robin, I'm starstruck. I really am starstruck. Bruce, okay, during Howard. my transcendental meditation, I thought about you. That's how nervous I am. Well, uh, it's great to be here. And uh, Man, my voice is high. about the podcast okay. with Obama. Is that, what is that like for you? You're doing a show with the president. Yeah, well, What's that like? Well, that Barack's a cool guy, man. Uh, he, he, yes, we can, as Man. he likes to say. Now, how you know, much ass did you get when you first got famous? <laughs> That's an inappropriate <laughs> question. Hey, now. Let's, let's do something else. Yeah, <laughs> Shane. I think he's on to I don't think it sounds exactly like me, but no. it's pretty close. <laughs> we couldn't take him nah. and have him voice private parts let's say like you yeah, right robin or something yeah he, you couldn't use him because everybody would know the difference right robin you're so <laughs> right yeah. that's what is oh my god bro i'm so sorry <laughs> Uh, I sound a little like Limeranchi. A little bit. I mean, it, it moves. It, it moves around and goes into different places. Yeah. yeah, but I still like it for some reason. I think he's closer than he's most. the closest. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's a little treat for you for those of you who are Metallica fans, and I happen to be one. In fact, what the fuck was I watching the other night? Metallica. Oh, I know what I was watching. You know, in um, did you watch what the hell's that hit TV show with Millie Bobby Brown? I can't think of the name of it. Oh, Stranger Strange, Things. Stranger Things. Did you watch the last season of Stranger Things? I didn't. I couldn't. There was a scene. Oh, you were tied up. There was a scene where <laughs> uh, the kid defeats a monster right. by playing a Metallica song, a riff, a Metallica thing on his guitar. And I just assumed the kid who did the actor was playing um, like an air guitar, you know, like he's pretending. Oh, okay, right. But I saw a clip. Lars is on the phone. He's going to make an announcement. I got to ask Lars this. Metallica had the kid who uh, is in the show Stranger Things come to their headquarters, and the kid jammed with Metallica, and it looked like he was actually jamming for real. He can, like kid... he can shred, huh? Yeah, yeah, he can shred. Let me see. Where is Lars? How do I bring him up, guys? Lars is going to make a big announcement for Metallica fans. This is a big deal. Are we going to uh, have trouble getting tickets? <laughs> what do I got to do to talk to Lars? Is he on the phone, or is he... Nobody's telling Where is Lars? Hmm. I got a note here that says Lars is ready to go, and I'm like... Go where? But you don't know where he is. Guys, anyone just going to give me a heads up? Why? He's coming now. He's coming now. Thank you. That's ah. all I had. Can you hey. believe this, Lars? What, Lars, morning. what kind of... Lars, let me ask you a question, Good because morning. you're part of a very professional organization. When Metallica goes on tour, the, you know... They they go on tour with a fucking orchestra sometimes, and yet I can't get an answer. I go, where is Lars? They, they, there's a song, they, and no one answers me. It's like it's like I don't work here. It's like I'm. Uh, you wouldn't even think I ran the show. It's fucking crazy, Lars. How are you? I'm yeah, I'm doing well. Great to see you both uh, as always. Uh, whatever it's worth to you, and and I'll tell you this after the after the Bruce interview, uh, what was it like a month ago? You you were on the air doing the wrap up. 
or the post, uh, the postmortem on it. And you were talking about how amazing your crew is. And I love that part, uh, where you were just giving accolades to everybody and talking about how you guys have this total next level of professionalism. I just spent 20 minutes <laughs> with Gary and with Steve and the rest of the gang, uh, setting up this mic, which has, has lived in a black, a uh, nuclear football style suitcase since I was on with you guys, <laughs> I think a year ago. And somehow, yeah. <laughs> somehow, uh, the three of them, um, uh, managed to get me and my wife, Jess, to, uh, to set this thing up, to get the earbuds in, to do this, uh, great box right here. And we got it all up and running. And, um, here I am. And, uh, well, you know, I'll tell you what, San Francisco, it's great. You know, and you know this with Metallica. Uh, you know, part of the Metallica sound is because you got a crew that knows how to set the fucking thing up the right way. And, you know, That's right. <laughs> when you first started out, when you would go play a gig, you didn't get that sound because, you know, you don't have you don't have the guys who can do everything for you. Right. I mean, it, it, they can, they greatly improve the sound of the yeah. band. Yeah, we're very lucky. I mean, most of the guys that are with us have been with us, not just for years, but for decades. Right. And and not only do you obviously out of that get the familiarity, but the loyalty, which is stuff that you guys uh, that that you can't buy. I mean, I I spent a couple two and a half hours with you and Bruce last night, uh, and and the one thing that you guys were talking about was that trust. Uh, you know, Bruce was talking about the trust and the relationships and all that. And when you have that trust with our guys, our crew guys, our technicians, even. Uh, Greg, who's been making our records, uh, he's been making record. We've been making records with Greg for 15 years. And so you sort of know each other and you know how to finish each other's sentences and you know where each other's hot buttons are and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's invaluable. And, and so a lot of the, the crew guys that we've had with us are literally go back to the eighties and nineties. Uh, it's just insane, the dedication and the loyalty, and it, it's a big part of, of moving the Metallica machine forward. you know Bruce at all? I've met Bruce a couple times. Yeah, I've met him with Scott Greenstein a few times. I've met him out here uh, in California a couple times. Never gone deep, deep, uh, but always uh, a great hang, always uh, respectful and, and courteous and, and, and always a good time with him. Here's what I was thinking, super group. Tell me if you're interested. Yeah, I love that when you guys were talking <laughs> about the super group. I, uh, I mean, obviously Bruce and Tom Morello is, is always, uh, is, is an incredible thing. I'm happy to go drum for, you know, I'll tell you what. I mean, it, it, I think we've talked about with Metallica before, um, that, you know, the one thing in, in this band is the four of us don't stray a lot. And I think mm -hmm. a big part of the fact that Metallica 41 years in, is still uh, as as functional as we are is because we just haven't strayed a lot. Of course, Kirk has gone and done his solo stuff, and and James did something with, you know, uh, one of the Waylon Jennings kids a few years ago, and I've done one or two things. And Trujillo goes back to suicidal occasionally and infectious grooves, but we don't stray a lot. But I did. Uh, Grohl called me. Dave Grohl called me a couple, three, four months ago and asked me uh, if I would partake in the Taylor Hawkins mm. tribute shows at, at Wembley and at, at the L.A. Forum. And obviously before he was done explaining it, I just said, yes, Dave, I'll be there. Just tell me what you want and, and I'll show up with bells and whistles on. And 
kind of straying outside of the Metallica world is not the most comfortable thing for me. I, I think a big part of, of why we just love stay inside the Metallica universe is because there's that safety in numbers and and we just support each other and, and have that thing. But playing um with uh with Grohl and the other three Foo Fighter guys and then uh at, at Wembley we did uh, with Brian Johnson, A C D C singer, we did uh an AC DC set and it was so much fucking fun uh, to play Dude, I loved it. I yeah, loved it. Oh, I you. watched the whole thing. I thought it was fantastic. I've seen it online a bunch. And, you know, it's really true what you say. You do get a certain energy. I mean, being in the Metallica world is nothing better. I mean, for, for a band like yours to last 41 years, it's, it's, it's beyond. But there is a certain energy you need working with other musicians, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, uh, and, and I use the word wheelhouse a lot. I mean, playing those ACDC songs is right in my wheelhouse. Uh, so that was, uh, if they had said, you want to come up and, I mean, I love Rush. You and I have talked about Rush before. Uh, if they said, come up and play 2112 with Alex and Getty, I'd go, I think there's somebody more qualified to do that than me. But, uh, playing those ACDC songs with the four Foo Fighters guys and Brian was, just a fucking next level magical experience and then in uh la a couple weeks later we did a black sabbath medley with geezer butler the og bass player and and absolutely like uh, one of the geniuses of the early days of of hard rock and metal we did a, a couple of black sabbath songs so it was great fun to go do that so when you guys were talking about the super group last night and obviously you brought up the traveling wilburys and bruce was talking about um about fogarty and about morello and about the rest of that gang i mean listen uh you got my number yeah, I'll, I'll come put Why down not? a pocket. I'll come put down a pocket behind these guys anytime. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting to me what you just said. So in other words, like um, I always compare it to painting, but in other words, you feel like some guys are great at painting landscapes, but they can't do portraits for shit. You're saying as a drummer, you're not comfortable with certain kinds of music. In other words, you know what you can. You know your thing. And you would stick to that. You could get really uncomfortable or nervous if I asked you to go do a Rush song or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, could I do it? Would, I mean, obviously playing with Alex and Getty would be incredible. Uh, you know, some of the guys, uh, Chad Smith played, uh, and, uh, Dave played, uh, a, a couple songs. I mean, it would have, it would, it would be an uphill thing. It would take a lot of rehearsal, a lot of prep. Right. Uh, 2112 would probably be too much of a, of a bite off the apple for me. But in terms of just feeling comfortable and, and kind of doing the thing that, that exists sort of where I am, uh, that ACDC stuff is right in my fucking See, pocket. I, and I, I love like to that hear you, so much. I like hearing you say this because we non-musicians assume that once you get to master level, you know, your level, you, <laughs> no, and Chad, you. too. I think Chad's at that level, yeah. too. Chad's oh. a good drummer, right? Chad's yeah, that guy's solid. insane. Yeah, Chad's yeah. insane. I'm impressed with that, dude. But I, I, we just assume, because we're not musicians, that you're good at every sort of song that I could throw at you as a drummer. And, and you say, no, 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 man. I have my thing. I know where I can really shine. And that's where I'm comfortable. I'm not looking to do every fucking song in rock and roll history. That's kind of, you know, 
But you know what else? You could you could play with uh, Plant and Page and do the John Bonham stuff. That's in your wheelhouse too. Uh, I could do some of that. Yeah, I could do uh, the Deep Purple stuff. Definitely do the Sabbath stuff. Uh, obviously, I've studied all three of those for you know probably close to fifty years now. So that's definitely in the wheelhouse. What do you mean um, you studied it? How do you study well, it? Cause when, stu- you didn't know, you find it fascinating when Bruce said he learned to play guitar by slowing down records? And, yeah, uh, that was great. That was great. Uh, but and, how do you and, study? I mean, stu- study, I guess, study would be the equivalent to when Bruce was talking about, you know, just growing up as a child of top 40 and, and was talking about that, that all that was just in his bones. So the first band I ever saw in my life was Deep Purple. When I was nine years old, I went and bought a Deep Purple album the next morning. And Black Sabbath came soon after Zeppelin. Zeppelin was there also, but primarily Deep Purple and Sabbath. So when I say I've studied it, it it's just been there for for 45, 50 years for me. Actually, um, working out in the last, uh, I go through these different phases. And in the last month or so, as I've been working out, I've been deep diving back into Deep Purple for the 200,000th time and still finding you know, Made in Japan, one of the great all-time uh, live albums. All the outtakes from the other nights when they played in uh, Tokyo and Osaka and, and all all those exist. And you just go in and you know Child in Time, you know Highway Star, you know Space Truck, and you know all these songs and you've heard them, like I said, a gazillion times. But then hearing the other night in Osaka where, you know, Child in Time, instead of it being seven minutes it's nine minutes and blackmore takes a solo for another two minutes that kind of thing so i've been deep diving into the deep purple stuff again and circles back to it so when so I what does that, that look study, like lars but what does that look like like in other words i see you sitting there in your mansion right now do you uh <laughs> do you in other words you have a room you go into and say listen uh you a- say to your wife listen don't don't fuck with me for a couple hours i'm gonna go do a deep dive i'm gonna go immerse myself in music it's, it's when i'm working out I have a, He's a doing small a workout. Gym. Physical oh, exercise. A, gym, a physical. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. So I have a small gym with a with a Peloton, and I've become uh, addicted to the Peloton. Um, Who do you use for a year. teacher? Who's your favorite instructor on Peloton? Uh, I do the uh, uh, the odd the, the simple the manual one. You're kidding? Yeah. No, what I just you, put what? it on manual. Yeah. And oh, so that's I can crazy. listen to music. Yeah. So I can listen to music. Oh, that's so I, I just go in, do you no disrespect to all the fine teachers, and and <laughs> Jess uh, can talk to you about every teacher for hours. But uh, I just go into the manual setting, and then I put on uh, any music that I'm interested in hearing at that time. That is crazy. You don't look for the hot chicks. I can tell you who to watch. I mean, uh, the Lee Todd. I, do, I, do, yeah. I mean, it's almost like porn for me. I, I put it on and I'm like way into it. Um, so, you know, I, 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 you know, it's a funny thing. When I was talking to Bruce, I, in my imagination, and especially afterwards, I said, I think this is a, a really good thing for musicians to hear because they will relate to it. And I was excited for like a guy like you who lives and dies by rock and roll i love the idea that you were sitting and watching it and oh it's, and, it's and, the coolest and, and I, I mean yeah I just it's the fucking that. coolest i it's the fucking coolest i mean you're i was thinking about it last night when i was watching it just you're sort of you're you're channeling all the rest of us it because you're asking the questions that we want to hear and so you're it, it just feels like I'm s- sitting in a room with the two of you guys 
as an, uh, you know, just as a third wheel in there as, as you guys are having this conversation. But, you know, a couple of takeaways is just, I've never seen anybody. I've heard a lot of your interviews and obviously studied a lot of other music history uh, through decades. I've never seen anybody. You ask him a question and halfway through the answer, he breaks into song yeah. and just it goes into like <laughs> all crazy. of a sudden just starts playing. You know, it's like, you know, when 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 you guys have us on, you know, it's like, OK, we're going to play. The Unforgiven, and then we're going to talk for 20 minutes, and then we're going to play in a Sandman, and then we're going to talk for 30 minutes, and then we're going to play Master. But he just, you steer him in a direction, and then a song comes up, and then he starts playing it, and then he plays like a cycle or two of it, and then he starts talking over the music back to you. That part of it was so fucking cool to see. The other thing I loved was when he gets really, really intense, he closes his eyes, and he kind of sits there. And it's just, you can hear and feel the wheels turning yeah. as he searches just for the truth in his heart. There's nothing um, contrived. There's nothing, you know, manipulative or he's not trying to say what's the coolest thing to say or right. what's going to play as the best soundbite in a wrap up video three days later. It's from the fucking heart in a way that is just so rare. Uh, and it really hit me a couple times when he was talking. I think it was about the rising, about two, 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 two thirds of the way through. And he was just sitting there with his eyes closed, talking about the rising, taking himself back to that morning at that beach club and driving back and the guys going, help us out, Bruce. And that was so fucking moving. And then at the end, when you guys circled and had that beautiful exchange uh, about your dad's. And about the commonality between the two of you guys and, and your, your sort of, uh, love hate relationships with your dads and, 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 and all of that. And you guys bonding on that. And he's still sitting with his eyes closed. It was so beautiful and moving. And what a great, uh, what a great two and a half hours. Uh, congrats on, on getting it on HBO and, and, oh. and so fucking cool. Thanks for sharing it with the world. Oh, man, I was just so excited when HBO, because they said it's great that it's on Sirius XM, but if it goes on HBO, more people will see it. I just wanted everyone to see it. I was so fucking excited about it because, you know, do you find that true, by the way? Like when you think about Metallica or you think about yourself, do, did you have that kind of uh, weird relationship with parents that one treated you like Jesus Christ reborn? <laughs> <laughs> and the other one treated you like a shithead. Did you have that at all, or or was that not your a, experience? Uh, yeah, I had a pretty uh, different. You know, my dad was a professional tennis player, and he traveled around the world. And my favorite thing when I was growing up was to travel with him. So right. I spent the first six or seven years of my life basically on the tennis tour, traveling around and hanging out backstage and locker rooms and on tennis courts at that time it was you know the rod labors and the john newcombs and the ken rosewalls and and all those crazy cool tennis players and then kind of as my dad you know got into the later years you know being around jimmy connors and you know Guillermo vilas and and bjorn borg and some of those guys in, in the 70s and 
I thought my dad was the coolest guy in the whole fucking world. And <laughs> how and good was around. he? Was he, he really was, great? I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he played uh, Wimbledon. He played U.S. Open of Forest Hills, as it was called wow. at the time. He he played Davis Cup for Denmark. Um, at one point, the Davis Cup team in Denmark, a small country, but still, uh, you know, uh, the Davis Cup team was my dad, his brother. And at one point, their dad was the actual captain of the team. Wow. So the Ulrich, um, the Ulrich dynasty, I'm sort of the first one to fuck up the, uh, the tennis part <laughs> of that in Denmark. <laughs> but, but so I, uh, my dad, I thought my dad was literally like superhuman and I was only also an only child. So I didn't have, um, you know, when I came to America, when I met James, when I met the other, you know, guys in the early years of the band and, and some of my friends, when I landed here, there was that kind of rebellious thing. It was a big part of, of everybody was 16, 17. It was sort of, sort of like rebelling against your parents. I never had that. I thought my parents were the coolest guys, coolest people in the world. And, um, and now obviously I've done therapy like you guys were talking about yesterday and, there are some issues uh, as you do a deeper dive into it. Um, Denmark's a very liberal country, a very safe country. And so I'd say the flip side of my issues was I often was left alone, uh, may still carry some um, issues of abandonment. And, and I think part of the reason that I love being in a band and feel so safe with James Kirk and Rob and the rest of the Metallica organization is I just, I love being in a, in a collective. Uh, they're the brothers I never had and, um, and that safety in numbers, uh, yeah. and, and still have a little bit scarred. You know, when I would travel on the tennis tour with my dad and still, as I started school in Copenhagen, they would write, uh, you know, letters to my, my, uh, to the headmaster, to the principal of the school, you know, can we think it would be great if, if Lars came and traveled, uh, you know, on the tour for a couple of weeks and he would learn some things and we would do homework and all that type of stuff and follow the schoolwork and then i would come home after being gone i'm talking like fifth grade sixth grade seventh grade now i'm you know i'm so now i come home after being in the u.s for two or three weeks or some exotic place and i remember walking into school and all the kids kind of pointing at me and going oh you think you're so cool traveling around the u.s you know with your parents and i would get a little bit of of that kind of bullying and so on and some of that stuff definitely lingers for for deeper conversations with therapists but i didn't have that that type of thing that you and bruce connected on last night uh i didn't have uh that particular version of it but obviously like everybody else have have other issues yeah, I mean, when your father's that accomplished, wasn't your dad also a jazz critic or something? I remember. Yeah, because, he, uh, yeah, he, I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah, man, he, this guy is Superman. He's a tennis yeah, player, no, he, professional <laughs> level. He's, like, and you know, in a way, it, it brings up its own issues too, isn't it? In a way, like as a kid, you go, "I'll never be as good as my father. I'll never ever, you know, well, be that, as yeah." As I mean, yeah, yeah, there definitely were issues. I mean, he so Copenhagen in the in the fifties and sixties was sort of uh, one of the the hotbeds of jazz music anywhere in the world all the great american uh jazz greats used to come to denmark because there was no racism they all felt completely there were all these tall blonde Danish women that were fawning all over them and and most people in denmark even in the 50s and 60s were colorblind and so all the jazz greats came to denmark my dad was writing about them for the newspapers and my dad was really enveloped 
in the Danish uh, jazz scene. And so, you know, hanging out with, you know, the Dexter Gordons of the world and the Ben Websters and the Sonny Rollinses and all these crazy cool cats. So when we formed Metallica and I started playing my dad, here's, you know, Hit the Lights and Whiplash and all these other kind of thrash metal songs, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, he definitely appreciated uh, the energy and the the kind of the, uh, the the edgy outrageousness of all of it, but I still, you know, when he came to New York, he would like go and hang out with like John Coltrane down at Blue Note or whatever. And so when I would sit and play him some early Metallica stuff or play him the Motorheads or the Saxons or some of the Iron Maiden things that we were really into, inspired by, he would kind of look at me and go. I don't know, uh, you know, some of it sounds a little, he would say, you use the phrase, it sounds a little white, or it sounds a little square, or whatever, you know. <laughs> so compared to, um, you know, Max Roach, or compared to um, Elvin Jones, or compared to, obviously, uh, some of the incredible musicians that uh, people like uh, Coltrane and Charlie Parker and Miles Davis and all these cats had around him, obviously our stuff was a little square. Uh, but, uh, so I, I, it, I, I took a little bit of that, but, uh, still there was a, a lot of love and appreciation for me doing my thing and very, a, a lot of support from me moving my own thing forward. That was never questioned. Um, the way that you guys were talking last night about sort of Bruce had to place the Oscar on the table at his yeah. dad's house and all that, which was a beautiful moment. Uh, and the way that you've been talking about your dad for the few months um, um, after his passing and so on. I, 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 you know, there wasn't that kind of thing about uh, what do you, what the fuck are you doing, son? You know, he was very supportive. Right. And I think fairly early on as the tennis tide turned because you know, it used to be back in the 50s and 60s you know the best tennis players in the world were the ones that were the most talented and i remember you know being on tour and they would play tournaments and then they'd stick around they'd sit around afterwards and drink beer and i think even some of them smoked cigarettes or whatever but then kind of in the 70s in the aftermath of connor's board mackinroe the next group of, P of players like the Yvonne lendels and all those guys they became the best tennis players in the world not and i don't mean this disrespectfully obviously in any way but they became the best tennis players in the world because they were working harder at it and they worked more in the gym and became stronger on the racket changed and all that kind of stuff but yeah. in the 50s and 60s tennis was like fuck go down to the tennis club you know play for a couple hours drink a few beers and the guys that rose up to the top were the most talented ones but i think my dad fairly early on realized that i was not the most talented one and when i came to america to play tennis after i finished school right before uh, metallica started when i was like 16 and 17 uh, you know, I, I was ranked in the top 10 in, in, in the tennis groups in Denmark. But when I came to, to Southern California, I wasn't even ranked into the top 10 on the street that I lived on. And I didn't make the uh, I didn't even make the the, the team at, at Colonel Del Mar High School. And so <laughs> all that fucking all that tennis thing dissipated in like a couple of weeks. And then drumming had been lurking and, and hard rock and metal had been lurking. And then it was like, OK, uh, it's time to uh put on the music hat and then it all went fairly quickly from there you still play tennis i still play tennis yeah i was just out in um 
I was out in Hawaii uh, for the week of Thanksgiving uh, with my buddy, and we actually played, uh, stayed at our buddy's house, and we uh, played tennis uh, six days out of the seven. We really? were on the court, court for a couple hours every day. And um, Who's your buddy? Know, I bet it's someone famous, right? Come on. <laughs> Who was your buddy in Hawaii? I want to know. Who the hell are you hanging with? Roger Federer. Who were you playing? Who was it? Who was it? <laughs> Who was it? Who did you spend the vacation uh, with? Come on. Uh, Tell me. I, I, listen, I, I'm not the big name dropper, but he's been on your show. Uh, if I say Project Greenlights, uh, he's pro pro promoting uh, oh. book Project Greenlights uh, on, on, your, on your show a year ago. And I say, so, you know, you know, Matthew, uh, Matthew, you know, do I really have to name job? I hate name dropping. But name drop. Name Mc drop. Uh, McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, McConaughey. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> every day. Yeah. Look at we you. We were playing every day and we were. And we I were would love to have been a, It was so much fun. To, I got to tell you, Lars, I would love to be a fly on the wall for what the fuck was going on there. You and McConaughey <laughs> playing tennis every day. I mean, what a it scene. It's so much fun. Been. I haven't done it. And the wives are there too, for, right? Uh, the wives come along or is it you yeah. just, you two go up? Kids, the wives. Yeah. No, wives, kids, families, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh my God! What fun so we that had must a, be! A good weekend. We're just playing it. Yeah. Is he one of your so best friends, or is he? I mean, how did that friendship develop? You and McConaughey. Um. Yeah, he's he's a he's a good friend. I just, I just love him. Uh, the family gets along. Uh, the kids get along, and and um, it's just great. I. Lars, when he plays tennis with you, does he take his shirt off? I see him as a guy who shows off his physique. Uh, and do you say to him, listen, dude, like, you know, put your shirt on. My wife's here. Like, what are you trying to do? Seduce everyone? Um, uh, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Actually, I mean, listen, listen, I'll, 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 I'll turn it the other way and say, like, there were a couple of moments I took my shirt off, uh, which nice. is uh, a pretty nice. fucking scary sight. And uh, <laughs> definitely, uh, cleared, you're in good shape. Stop it. Cleared, you're in uh, good shape. So there was, uh, it, it's just fun. Uh, listen, I, I, I don't play a lot, and so to get back into the the groove of playing every day, it was just so much fun. So yeah, but wait a second, you were almost a pro. You must have beat his ass every fucking time you went out there on that tennis court. Did he win one fucking game? Be honest. <laughs> he can't beat you. You, I mean, you've got you got skills in we that area. We just play and we have fun. Who won? Very... How many games did you take? Are versus you keeping him? score, Lars? Yeah, they, we don't Lars keep score. Is, we, Lars is competitive. <laughs> Come on, dude! Did you win every no, single know. game? <laughs> We're just having a great fucking time. It's and by um, the way, let me say something else because Lars is too he's too good a guy to say this, but. Lars has way more money than Matthew McConaughey. I'm just dropping oh. that in there. Am I correct, the, Lars? That that they compete on that too. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Lars? Lars is like a billionaire. Cut it out. All right, let's let's let, hey, let's get down to this because you, you this was supposed to be a five minute conversation. I've kept you already uh, too long, but uh, no, it's always Lars. a pleasure to catch up with you both. You know that. First of all, oh, the one question I was going to ask you at the beginning of this was. The kid from Stranger Things, I saw him in a video. I was watching this the other night. He was over at headquarters, which is what you call your place with uh, Metallica. The kid really does. Was that for real or was that a goof? Yes. No, that's totally for real. He, uh, 
Wow, that was wow. such a, a mindfuck of a of an experience this summer. I mean, who knew? You know, it, it used to be with Metallica, we we were always the no guys. Hey, can we have this song for this? Can we have that song for that? Can we have this? You know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And uh, it was just no, 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 no. And a few years ago, we, we kind of, we reversed it. We did a 180 and, and we just said, you know what? This is stupid. Why are we hanging on to these songs like they're so important and like they're the crown jewels or whatever? It's like, let's share our music with the world. So a couple of years ago, we said yes to everything, started saying yes to everything. And obviously, I mean, we're all somewhat familiar with the the strangest things phenomena but we got that in what six nine months ago and said yes and they wanted to build this whole scene around master puppets and we said of course and then it came out over the summer and it was just such a mind fuck to see how that became a phenomenon also in, in the the way that the kate bush song had done the year before so it was totally unexpected but then the good folks at netflix asked if we would sort of partake in a few social media things and 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 kind of ride that wave and we said of course this is so much fun and we were so proud i mean who would have thought 40 years later that um that that these songs could still have that impact who would have thought that a song like master puppets what is it eight minutes nine minutes just total Balls to the wall, heavy metal, that that kind of thing could resonate. Well, you know what, Lars? In that kind of setting. So, so we were it's excited a, it, to be part of it, absolutely. And it's, a, and it's a smart move because you think about it. In the old days, you could your music would be heard on traditional radio. It would be heard, you know, whatever the hell, the, the, the way people sold records. Nowadays, how do you get a younger generation to really know Metallica? And, and quite frankly, putting it on Stranger Things is a brilliant fucking idea it's the it's yeah, you've got to I mean, think differently yeah. i guess you know yeah no no thanks for saying that i mean it wasn't uh it, it wasn't given birth to as a move with sort of expecting it to explode in that way it's just like i said we, we basically reversed our whole thing a couple of years ago and said listen we don't need to hold on to these songs like they're that important let's share them with everybody so now right. when big tv shows come in when when small tv shows come in with big movies come in and even independent you know independent movies will give our songs for literally like a bro deal it's like you know there's the lawyer's fees you know pay like six hundred dollars for the lawyer fees and it's it's on the house i mean we we like to support other creative entities and obviously if somebody's got a a great uh, starting independent project and needs a favor or whatever i mean we, we want to support the community in that way but the way the strangest things took off was just so unexpected so uh he came you know he came we played together he he knew the song he knew the he knew it was changes. good yeah and he was such a sweetheart and was just so up for it and was uh this was in what was it in July maybe he it, it was just you could see that he had spent a couple weeks in that transformative stage where an actor because he's a he's not obviously like that character at all right he's right. A, an, an English formal trained theater actor who doesn't look obviously or appear anything like the character and so he comes in he's been kind of slugging along for years and years and years and then all of a sudden this character gives him this break and he was just riding the cusp of that wave where you can feel 
that his life was changing. And he was yeah. talking about but going to, out into L.A. and he was meeting with the agencies and he was just doing all that stuff that thousands like when, remember when Bruce was talking about, you know, million people pick up a guitar, fewer people end up playing it, fewer people end up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then one or two people end up standing next to George Harrison and right. Mick Jagger. I thought that was such a great analogy uh, that Bruce came up with last night uh, or on your show. And so you could see that he was just about to go to the next level where that was all about to happen to him. And, and what a joy to... um to share that musical moment with him and, and be part of, of, of riding that wave with him. By the way, speaking of musical moments, you know what one of the moments was that absolutely floors me when you guys were on, I'm talking about the whole band and Elton John came on and complimented James and James, I, you know, mm. I always think of James as such as a hard ass. <laughs> James melted. He loved it. And he was brought to tears. It was a great fucking moment. Uh, he really was, lost I, it. He loved it. I felt you know. that moment. I, I mean, Elton has been an incredible force, obviously, for all the members of Metallica. Uh, but James has always revered him at a, at a, at a crazy next level. And to sit next to James, uh, what was that a year ago? Um, yeah. and, and then you had him on. James didn't know that he was coming on. And, um, what a beautiful moment. And, um, I mean, you know, we're 40 years into this. We're still connecting. We're still making music. Who would have fucking thought all that would happen? But right. at heart, at heart, we're still fans. And and it, it just feels like it was Kirk's 60th birthday uh, a week ago. And I send him a note just going, man, uh, you're 60. It, it feels to me like you're aging in reverse. Mm. And we're all fucking just still feel like we're young and, and full of spunk and, and, and feel like we're just trying to figure it all out and still yeah. feel that all our best years are ahead of us and still wake up every day hoping that today can be better than yesterday and we can play better shows than last week and we, we can make better, better records than we did before and all that type of stuff. So to, to have that kind of accolade and, and, um, and applause coming and, and appreciation and respect coming from somebody who we still hold in such high regard, who's part of that generation that we all grew up with, no matter that we're, that is just fucking, it was, it was, um, it was a was great a moment. Beautiful moment, beautiful moment. I loved absolutely. it. I love to be, I, I was so proud to be part of that. I just love, hold on a second. Well, what are you saying? Okay. Okay. Oh my God. It's Matthew McConaughey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> What's up, Matthew? Hey Lars. hey, Lars. Let me tell you something. Tennis is like life. There are no winners. Just saints and sinners. Well, and by God, you, Lars, we're both. Dig these bongos, baby. Hey, let me tell you something. Hey, let me tell you something, Matthew. Uh, I'm going to say this for Lars. Lars will kick your ass any time in tennis. And why don't you admit that he's better than you? Why don't you admit it? We got to get rid of these on. nets that divide us. Well, Some just keep your shirt on, will you, pal? All right, all right. Let me, let me get rid of him. How dare he interrupt your moment? Uh, now, <laughs> Lars has an announcement to make. Let's not fuck around, yes. Lars. You're going to forget what oh, you came on guys. to say. This is a beautiful you guys, announcement. Come on. Um, come on. Well, just being able to share this moment with, with you and Robin and the rest of your crew. I mean, you guys have been so supportive uh, of Metallica for for decades, and we've had what three or four great shows with you and yeah. playing and and all that that great stuff. So, 
we've been working on a new album for the last year, year and a half, uh, our, our COVID lockdown record. And the one thing that we've done all through that is, is for the first time in our career, we've never really talked about it. So rather than, hey, there's a new record and countdowns and guess what's coming your way and all that kind of shit, we've been tight fucking lipped about it. And this morning, uh, I want to share a new song with the world and, and I want to tell everybody it's about fabulous. the new Metallica album. The new Metallica album and we have a new tour, we have a song, we have a video, we fucking all the bells and whistles. And somehow when I woke up an hour ago and checked my text messages and it, this thing has not leaked yet. And it's been the biggest, uh, just mindfuck, uh, my favorite to go word, as you can tell, because we thought for sure, you know, as you start kind of... It, goes out there's prep work it's you you, you got to shoot a video you got to go and send it to the dsps as they're called to the spotify's and to the apple music and and sort of their conversations and we thought for sure this thing would leak it hasn't fucking leaked and uh so there's a new metallica song we're announcing a new album that's coming in April of next year. We're announcing a two-year world tour. We have all the dates for 23 and 24 ready to go. We're coming to a city near you. We're playing two nights in every city, playing wow. two completely different shows. So you buy one ticket for two shows, a Friday and a Sunday, and you get what's called a no-repeat weekend, which obviously is an old radio term. You get two 100% completely different and unique shows with no songs repeated. You get to spend the weekend wow. with Metallica. We have different support acts on Friday, different support act on Sunday. Uh, the album is coming in April. Let's try to remember all this shit. I think it's April 14th, 12 new Metallica songs, over 70 Seven. Now I'm closing my eyes like Bruce. Well, <laughs> Seventy-seven you, minutes of well, music. Well, I'll tell you what. And, uh, and, this song, you know, uh, I was, uh, you know, I heard this last night. They said, "Hey, Lars has a new." I said, "Really? I haven't heard anything about this." There's a new Metallica song. I said, "Oh fuck! I hope it doesn't suck because what am I going to do?" <laughs> Meanwhile, this song's beautiful. This is a oh, great thanks, fucking Metallica song. Thanks. Um, uh, you want to introduce this? I'll play. Yeah, I would I'll love play to. Some yeah, of them. I, yeah, let me no, play I, a little I love of it. it. Yeah, thanks. You want me to introduce it first? So it's yeah. called Luxi Luxi Turna, which basically means eternal light. It's Latin for 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 uh, eternal light. Luxi Turna. It's uh, one of the shortest songs we've done for quite a while. It's a three and a half minutes long. I played it for somebody. Uh, out in New York a couple weeks ago, uh, one of the guys on our team, and I, I put a pair of headphones on him so nobody could hear it, and he took the headphones on. He goes, that sounds like 40 minutes of Metallica and three and a half minutes, so check it out. Ah, it's beautiful. Luxie Turner. This is, uh, let me, uh, let me listen to this. Fucking thing. Yeah. This is a workout, brother. Holy mackerel. Listen to those drums show up.
goodness, Lars, this thing moves. I mean, are you exhausted after you? I mean, Jesus uh, Christ! Yeah, it's uh, man. This is so much fun to hear this with you guys. I've, I've, I mean, there's like. You know, ten people that have heard this song ever. It's, it's like Let me hear this crazy. Yeah. Listen to this lead. Kirk playing that great lead. That's crazy. Oh my god. Are you exhausted playing this? I mean, this is fast. You could play Rush. Don't be so fucking modest. Come on, listen to this. Sitting there thinking, how do you play this and then go into another song? You can't do this in concert. How do you do this? We'll Lars, find out. I mean, how do you <laughs> moving that fast? That's 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 a fucking that's difficult, right? I mean, double bass. Yeah, this shit ain't is getting any easier. <laughs> Makes me want to beat someone up. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it'll, like some ass. it'll help I'm, you to I'm, get to where you're going faster. <laughs> I just want to smash my I want to smash my head into the wall. I mean, uh, Frank, get over here. I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> where is he? Um, oh man! Wow! Fuck, that, hey man! Wow, hey man! God, fuck tennis! Sharing that, you don't sharing need that with the world is so cool. Yeah, fuck tennis. You know, uh, tennis. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. What is, we got to get on the road. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, that's so much fun. Wow. That is so cool. That sound is so great to, to share it with you guys. And, uh, like wow. I said, it's been, we have, uh, you know, a, a lot of other artists, uh, do these things and especially in the R and B world and the hip hop world and so on. They'll, they'll drop these things and we've never yeah. done a drop. Good morning, Bryce. How many? Um, are you Who is off that? to school? That's uh, my son, Bryce. Are you going to school? Dude, we just Bryce. played a new song on our. <laughs> uh, thank you. Let me see that kid. Where is he? Hey, come, come here, Bryce. Say hi to Howard. Howard wants to say hi. What's good, Howard? Hey, Bryce. Can you see, can you see wow, Howard? You're, you're a good-looking kid. He's saying you're yeah, a good-looking good kid. Thanks, Howard. Hey, can you? Home. You're a good-looking kid. Hi. Good morning, Robin. Oh, dude. Also. Morning, Robin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where are you so going? You going to school? Yeah, he's I going to school. He's a freshman hey, how, at, uh, at high school. He's got to go. I want to ask he's him how to go, to bro. Do. <laughs> uh, have a good day. I'll pick you up after basketball. Love you. Yeah. He's a good-looking um, kid. So we go be. from into Luxie yet? Turner to I'll pick you up after basketball. Does this kid California. have a girlfriend yet? Does he? Does Bryce have a he's, girlfriend? He's a very social. We came home from Hawaii a couple, two nights ago. He went straight from the airport. Uh, we dropped him on the way home to see a couple of his buddies. Uh, and then he was out most of yesterday. And, you, you, you know, I'm sure you can relate to this, Howard. You know, you got that five o'clock text going. Can I stay over at my friend's house for dinner? And uh, so since what do you do? Been, we just said, yeah, of course you can. You got to be home by nine o'clock. And he was home right on the button at nine o'clock and was in bed at ten thirty. And uh, well, there you go. But he's a he's a freshman in high school, so he's uh, playing basketball and just uh, there's a lot of social activity and uh, he's got a lot. There's a lot of you know, like uh, he spent 
last night with a girl, uh, not a girlfriend, but there's no, uh, his, his, his female friend group is as big as his male group, which is really cool. So, so far, so good. Man, these kids, kids today, they hang out. They don't have sex. They hang out. It's, it's, uh, we never did that. If I was hanging out with girls, I was, uh, absolutely trying to have sex, but it uh, was a hunt, today, right? Way more it, mature. Was a hunt. it was a hunt. It was, <laughs> but, but this is way more mature. Uh, yeah. These kids today. Yeah. Meanwhile, just, what is know, it like for that kid to have you as a father? I mean, like you got the coolest job in the world. It must be weird. I mean, and, and, and then when, and then when the kids come over to hang, and then Lars from Metallica sitting there it must be insane. I mean, like, let's go see my dad and hang with him. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, like Bruce was talking about. I mean, you guys were talking about it last night too. Uh, not to keep referencing last night, but there was so many, uh, so much overlap. Just you know, when Bruce is just saying like, they just want me to be dad. They don't want me to be right that guy up on stage. And obviously, with my old two older sons, you know, Bright uh, uh, Miles and Lane. Uh, who've been through and who are now what, 24 and 21 and they're out there playing music and, and, you know, so Bryce is the youngest, but you know, he's in the high school now, uh, same high school that his two older brothers were at. So it's nice to be back at that school and connect with that community. And, and I think like you guys were saying yesterday, they just want a dad. And then to them, I'm uh, thankfully not the guy from Metallica. I'm just dorky dad when I go into his room at night to say goodnight or whatever. And he's sitting, I think he's sitting in front of the computer doing homework. And he's got, you know, 12 people on a computer video game playing Minecraft <laughs> with somebody in Portland, Oregon or whatever. And it's like, you know, hey, how you doing? How's your homework? And I'm on like the mic with 12 other people. And it's like, dad, do you mind? You know, it's God, all that man. stuff. That'll, that'll put you right in your place. I think all the dads out there can relate to a version of that, right? Yeah, no, it's true. That's what we talked about with Bruce, and you're saying the same thing. When you got kids, you got to get your head screwed on straight, and you got to fucking not be Lars from Metallica, and it's hard. It's You know, it isn't the easiest trick in the world to turn that narcissistic thing off where you want to be worshipped and be in, you know, in a stadium and, and try to be a regular guy. It, it is a difficult uh, thing to bring yourself down from that level and just kind of be normal and whatever normal is. It, it isn't easy. We well, just this saw is, him yeah. do the switch yeah. in seconds because he just <laughs> we just played the song and made yeah. the announcement. And then it's like, I'll pick you up after school. That's what I love. Just like, no, I'll that was there. impressive. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So now the I new mean, let, let me let me do this for you, Lars, because I got to sum up what it is you're saying saying today because you've said a lot the new metallica album is called 72 seasons that's coming out april 14th that's the number yes. one thing i want to mention also thank you what lars has just done in between uh being a great dad and beating matthew <laughs> mcconaughey in tennis <laughs> lars is announcing metallica's m72 world tour now what that means is tickets go on sale this friday at 9 a.m at ticketmaster.com hopefully no snafus and the uh, getting the tickets for the fans, it should go easily and smoothly, we hope. And these motherfuckers in concert, I have seen Metallica several times in concert. Uh, I went. The band didn't even give me free tickets. I had to pay for them. I went. It was mind-blowing. I pulled my friend's pants off in the middle of the concert. This That's how wild there. it got. Yeah. It got so wild that me and my other friend, we pulled this guy's pants down. It was fucking insane. It was mayhem. You get... You know what it is with this music? You get fucking charged up. 
and you and suddenly you're pulling another guy's pants off. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't, know I don't, what don't that have that any explanation. Yeah, Lars. <laughs> That's what but happens yeah. out there in the audience. <laughs> if once in your life. Uh, and listen, I've been to one metallic show. I blew three guys. I don't want to talk about it, but, this is what I, I get crazy. But no, listen to me. If you've never seen Metallica in concert, then you haven't lived. I'm telling you, it is one mind-blowing show. And you don't know who to watch in concert. One minute you're watching Lars, like, drumming like a madman on fire. I mean, really, the output is amazing. Watching well, the dudes you. with their yeah. guitars. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. Uh uh, I told yeah, Lars yeah. this in private. I've never admitted it before. I was at a concert. I ate horseshit in the middle of the show. <laughs> I actually didn't know what to do. But anyway, God, you're fine, horseshit. No. And, and we're playing. <laughs> I mean, we're actually playing out the. We're playing out Giant Stadium. I think it's. Uh, oh. I don't have the dates in front of me. We're doing uh, the two nights, like I told you. In, I think it's an. It's early always August. two nights. It's always yeah, so the whole, whole tour. The whole tour is basically you know the no repeat weekend. I think there's one show in Paris. That's a Wednesday and a Friday because it's uh it's a four day holiday. But other than that, it's weekends for two years. So it's Friday and a Sunday, and we're hitting Giant Stadium. I think that's in early August. I'll tell you a funny story actually. Uh, when we were um we were out in New York uh what a, a month or two ago playing the Global Citizen event in Central Park, which is a great great event. Um, and you're playing there in Central Park, you're looking up at the skyline in New York, and and it's really really cool. But on the day before before that, we actually went out to Giant Stadium. They were kind and gracious enough to uh, let us come in. And um, so we, we've been playing in the round. When we play indoors in arenas for the last, I guess, 20 years or so, we play in the round in the middle of the of, of the arena. Um, but uh, this time we're playing in the round in the stadiums, uh, which we've never mm. done before. And so uh, we went out to Giant Stadium and they uh, mocked up the whole stage out at Giant Stadium, you know, with, uh, you know, cones and, and whatever else. And we walked around. We were at Giant Stadium for like a couple, two, three hours that afternoon standing there. And it's one of the biggest fucking stadiums in the world. And it was so, I mean, uh, daunting, but exciting and oh my God, we're going to be playing stadiums in two years in the round. And so you can just see everybody and we're playing on a special uh, not just in the middle, I guess on the 50 yard line, as you would call in a football stadium, but we're also playing in the round on a circular stage and we're going to have our snake pit, uh, uh, which is about, I guess it'll be 800 to a thousand fans in the middle of the stage. So we'll be playing around them. Wow. So it's 360. I don't know if that makes well, well, any sense. Why did you go? Why did you fucking shows? Why did you go to fucking show? Why did you go to Giant Stadium? In other words, was it um, were they trying to seduce you guys to do the show there? In other words, no, no, they no, were... not at all. No, I mean we've had we we've played. I think we've played there maybe seven, eight times. And actually, the gentleman who was the manager was talking about uh, Springsteen. Obviously, again, here comes Bruce. who has the record for playing the most shows there, and I think maybe you two and Coldplay, a couple other Grateful Dead, maybe. Uh, but no, so they're not trying to do. We want it to be in a stadium to understand how big the stage was and to understand the practicals and the dynamics. And we actually made um, we made a few adjustments to some things uh, to because when one thing is you see on a piece of paper on your laptop. Here's the stage and it's X and X feet and goes so and so. And, and you have no real understanding what that means. But when you're in a stadium, the whole thing, the whole stage was mocked up 
and then we could see and we made one or two tweaks to the dimensions but no the the people at giant right in other words in our front of friends for years you guys needed to see it so you could design the whole process and really see what's happening so the fans have a good experience so it's going to be Two years worth of uh, in the round stadium shows uh, nice. all over the world, and uh, like I said, uh, we we've done we did uh, for our fortieth anniversary shows uh, last year. We did the two shows where we didn't repeat any songs, and we did it uh, at a few uh, festivals uh, the year before. And it's just great to play no repeat set lists and and go out there. I mean, it keeps me, it keeps all of us on our toes. But I got to try to come up with these set lists and, and make sure in other words songs. it's fun it's really are fun. you so, saying that that when you go on tour and the set list is always the same thing night in and night out it can become rote it can become like oh you know hey it's the same set list the same set. this mixes it up keeps you guys engaged and fans exactly. love it because yeah. you know they're like hey we want to see you play something different we we haven't actually i mean we we got away from playing the same set list uh probably about 15 20 years ago uh i can't remember exactly maybe we were in japan and we were like let's try some different songs let's try some different songs and then it stuck it's been at least 15 years and we haven't played the same set list twice since we started kind of fucking with 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 the set list and it keeps definitely keeps the band on you know because there's all that stuff i remember how about if we played three or four different songs tonight and then somebody would say well the lighting designer can't do that and and the show is programmed and you know all that kind of stuff and we just said fuck it you know that's the punk rock side of us it's like let's just play some different songs and i'm sure our awesome crew will will be able to follow along and so we haven't played the same set list in about 15 years and we have about not quite maybe i think bruce was talking about that also uh just you know uh i mean you know, we don't come out of the bar band circuit where we we sort of know 200 songs and can play them all in an instant but we have 40 or 50 songs that we can pretty much play uh with a little bit of 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 warm-up we have a room backstage uh we call the tuning room and we have a a full setup back there and if we're in there for 20 30 minutes before we go on wow. stage we can we can play any song we haven't played for a few that's months. pretty so amazing it's about 50 or 60 of those are- yeah because cool. you're right when i was talking to bruce i was like hey, how do you recall these songs but you guys you guys got it down you need a half hour you can warm it up and uh and kind of go to it you you guys started as a cover band did you do you do you in concert ever do any covers i don't think when yeah. i saw you you did a cover i don't remember yeah, you doing we, one. we 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 started um we started as a cover but we didn't play you know the the we didn't play rock and roll or war pigs or smoke on the water or you know uh breaking the law or whatever i mean we played we played uh, songs from these smaller underground British metal bands like Diamond Head, and um, we played, uh, you know, uh, what did we play? A song from a band called Sweet Savage and a, a song from a band called Blitzkrieg. Uh, so we, we went out on stage. We played an hour's worth of material. They were pretty much all covers, but they weren't like Van Halen covers or any of that. So right. we didn't say, we didn't say, these are songs from a small underground band in England called Blitzkrieg. We just played the song. And so we kind of straddled that fine line. You know, we didn't say there were our own songs, but we also say there weren't other people's. Obviously, since then, we've recorded 
most of those songs and paid uh, homage and paid respect and and given all those incredible bands uh the, you know hopefully as much uh, respect and love as we could but we started out uh, playing underground heavy metal songs and and we still when we play acoustic uh, we played neil young's bridge school benefit a uh, couple three four times we always play acoustic and we play a lot of cover songs I and mean, we've played things like rare earth i just want to celebrate we've played deep mm. blue oyster cult songs we've played um you know a lot of uh, we played what blue Beatles oyster song. cult song do you play we played uh, one called a veteran of a thousand psychic wars uh mm. we played a Beatles song uh that james suggested called in my life which i'm sure you know uh, yeah mm. oh, i love uh, that song we, you well you guys that? what about you guys playing jolene did you see rob halford at the rock and roll <laughs> hall of fame with dolly Parton on stage did, yeah. I mean, I, we haven't will we i haven't ever see jo- <laughs> Will I ever see you, you on stage Jolene? with Dolly Parton? No, never done. Uh, uh, well, listen, yeah. I got nothing yeah. but love and uh, endless respect for Dolly. Uh, I mean, we had Miley. Um, yeah, uh, we that had was Miley great. on yes. with you guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We had a, a, an incredible singer uh, with us when we played the Global Citizen show in um, uh, in, in New York a, a couple of months ago, called Mickey Gayton. And, 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 and she was, uh, you know, uh, did nothing else matters with us, with us also, and it covered that, that same Blacklist album. Nice. And, yeah. uh, Mickey's an incredible singer and also, uh, different from Miley and, and her and James did a kind of a different interpretation of nothing else matters that, uh, James and Miley did, uh, uh, uh last year on your show. And so, yeah, that was incredible. Great. And, you know, listen, it's incredible. I mean, when we did the Neil Young, uh, Bridge School, uh, a couple of years ago with him, Neil came out and played, um, uh, played, uh, an, an old Buffalo Springsteen song, I think it was, uh, with us. And so. Springfield, yeah. Uh, Buffalo Springfield. Buffalo, the new yeah. super group, Buffalo Springsteen. There you go. I like it. Uh, <laughs> <Buffalo> Springsteen. <laughs> no wonder you're the drummer of that new super group. You got names. No, but, uh, yeah, Neil's a motherfucking great guitar player, you know. he. I, I said to him, you're underrated. But, uh, you know, when I told Bruce he was underrated as a guitar player, he goes, yeah, I am. And then uh, <laughs> I love that moment. Hey, listen, yeah. Lars. Uh, that's a big announcement. I think it's great you guys going on tour. I love the new song. Can't wait to hear the album. Lars, again, announcing Thank for you. you Metallica fans out there, and I know there are millions. Uh, M72 World Tour. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 9 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. And thanks for giving me the world premiere of yeah, uh, Lux there's no, there's no place I would rather share this song with you guys. Uh, Love it. And um, it's great to see you. Again, congratulations to you both for 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 the the Bruce thing. I, I heard it a month ago. And, um, and I also, like I said, when we started the wrap-up, uh, you get, you were so generous, uh, and, and I loved how you were just so transparent about how when you and Bruce were texting and you were so generous to your crew and talking about that professional, you know, and it's the same. We've, we've played your show, what, four times by now? Yeah. Um, everything is always top notch and professional and, it's just, uh, it's such a pleasure. Oh, thanks for so, saying uh, that, man. Congratulations to you guys you. for, for uh, hitting it out of the park, uh, with HBO thanks, last night and for, 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 for the, the Bruce thing. I, I heard it a month ago and, um, and I also, like I said, when we started the wrap up, 
you get you were so generous uh and and i loved how you were just so transparent about how when you and bruce were texting and you were so generous to your crew and talking about that professional you know and it's the same we've we've played your show what four times by now um everything is always top-notch and professional and it's just uh, it's such a pleasure. Oh, thanks for so, saying uh, that. Man. Congratulations to you guys you. for for uh, hitting it out of the park uh, with HBO thanks, last Lars. night. And um, it's that great to exciting. see you both. Good morning. Thanks for sharing yeah. in the new in the new song. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank all right, you, Lars. Say hi to the boys. Thank you, you know what I mean. All the times you spent with us and given That's us right. such great, great music. Thanks, Lars. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, Howard. There he Love goes. Off to basketball practice. Don't forget. That's you got to pick up your son. <laughs> right. See you guys soon. Take care. And Bye-bye. congratulations on everything and beating Matthew McConaughey in tennis, too. That's fabulous. Yeah, Matthew can't show his face. He's just embarrassed about how right. badly he played. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't play Lars in tennis. I mean, uh, the guy's a pro. All right. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's great. Uh, tomorrow's show we'll get to, I that promise you. That was a you. big surprise. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, Lars said, could I come on at the end of the show and announce uh, this tour and uh, play you this new song? And I said, fuck yeah, come on and uh, awesome. please, I, I'd be honored. And so it was great to great to hear from him. Such a great See drummer. Him and hear from him. Yeah, that new song really fucking. I mean, listen how fast oh. these guys are. I don't know how, how they're do you do doing that? this. No. I don't know. My head would fall off. I don't. I can't imagine that. But just imagine Crazy. you're doing a whole set and you got to play this song and then go into, you know, lots of their songs are filled with this kind of energy. That is I don't fast. know how you don't pass out. <laughs> I pass out when I have to go up the stairs at this point. All right. Hey, by the way, I do. Uh, so, yeah, tomorrow I'll get to uh, I'll play that phony phone call. I'll get to Dark Side of the Buffet and Airline Assholes and everything else I promised you today. I'll get to tomorrow, and I do want to tell you this. Skinny Robin, I'll see you tomorrow. Of course, uh, <laughs> you are you are very thin and uh, looking great, of course. And uh, I caught Lars looking you over, of course. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tomorrow we'll get to everything we didn't get to today. Goodbye. That's it. All right.